guys and girls, and welcome to episode 176 of the F-Reality podcast. Strap yourselves in and get ready for liftoff as we discuss this week's top VR news. We're going to be giving you some updates on the Oculus Quest, which we gleaned from the latest Facebook earnings call. We take some guesses as to what the next VR game from id Software could be, along with discussing Valve's plans for a brain interface in their next VR headset. We're also going to be talking to Rosie Summers about her incredible VR artwork and Tiltbrush going open source. And to round up the show, Zim has got some new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week this week. And also let us know what you played in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up to the plate, this guy's a great source of fiber and potassium. He's bright yellow and incredibly appealing. Is <laughs> the VR Banana Man, the one and only ZimTalk5. How are you doing? <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. The appealing was lovely. Yeah, I kind of mocked as if, as if I was going to be wearing a banana suit. In the end, I just had to wear two bananas. It was all right. It was fine. No one got injured. Uh, thanks, Mike. I'm doing great. Um, it's been a good week. Nice, lively week. I think the first weeks, three weeks of January really killed my soul. And finally, I get to see it coming back. So I've been having fun in VR again and enjoying my life, uh, which is good. It's 2021. You know, some people aren't having so much fun, I'm sure. And um uh, today I spent uh, a good chunk of my afternoon, uh, and my highlight is going to be about um, one of Nathie's favorites. Mike is also uh, an addict to this particular variant of cocaine, uh, which is Walkabout Mini Golf. Um, mm. So Walkabout had a recent oh, update, God, and I'm going to tell you about this because it's uh, it's a it's a fun one. First off, there was a there was an update hmm, about a month and a half ago where you could join mid match. That used to be a problem. So if you hosted a custom match, you couldn't join in the middle of a game. Or if you had to go to the bathroom, quick break or whatever, you'd walk out of the scene, you'd come back, you'd find, oh no, I'm nine holes in and I've lost my match. That was annoying. So it saves your status. If you leave, you can join matches in the middle. So that's cool. Mm. The new most annoying thing, and I'm sure the next time I play with Nathy, he's going to abuse this, is the replay feature. So you can have a ghost of yourself putting after you've taken a shot and you can watch yourself from third person but the thing oh. is, when you trigger this camera, everyone else sees you, and there's no distinction between that and you when you're really there. So it gets oh, fucking confusing, and you're there teetering <laughs> away like, ha ha, hiding behind a bush, and they don't even realize it's not you and, as a recording. You trigger this on a button. So that's fun. Nathy's troll mode. Oh, yeah. it's totally Nathy's <laughs> troll mode. And then the third thing, which you guys should care about, so if you've been, like me, hardcore, you know, mini-golfing for the last couple of months, and you've wanted a little bit more... Well, these uh, the Coconut Studio, I know that's not their real name, but I'm going to call it that. <laughs> Coconut Studio have come out with a with a cool new feature called Fox Hunt. So Fox Hunt is like um, a string of clues and mysteries. So it's really like if the finding the various ball types before was like an Easter egg hunt. This is like some kind of clue-led mystery game it's really cool so every that sounds awesome this is really really neat and I'll, I'll i'll show a video of this it releases at the end i'll save it for later when more people are watching but just to give you the kind of highlight the way it works is you start off and there's you know now michael know this uh christmas crackers in the uk are a big deal most americans don't have a fucking clue what a christmas cracker is it looks like some kind of small amount of explosive tnt that could be candy you find one of these uh, you open it, you pick it up just like you do the normal ball, and then you get your first clue on your wrist. And it reads out, or sometimes it's an image, sometimes it's a puzzle, and it points you to somewhere else in the map. And you have to go find it. And then when you find it, you lead on to the next clue, and on and on you go. 
So for example, uh, me, my wife, and my daughter went into Original Gothic. Now these, the Fox Hunt is not there in the easy mode. You have to unlock the hard course, which means you have to at least find 10 balls in the easy course, or get under par to unlock the night mode, the hard mode. And then right. in the hard mode, you get the Fox Hunt. And, mm -hmm. and the cool thing you get for this, if you get through it, so we went through 13 clues that were increasingly difficult. And if you beat it, you get a custom club. And the custom Ooh. club you get on this this kind of gothic church level looks like this giant, this like iron grill, twisted metal club. It's fucking awesome. Nice. It's called the Iron Matron. You can unlock five separate individual clubs. I don't know what the other ones look like. I'm saving my surprise. And even if you just play the normal game, they've added six colored clubs. Uh, and when you get into a custom match with other people, you can see them. You can see your mm. colored clubs. Okay. Uh, so they've really done justice in adding value to that game. Walk about many So the, the question I have is, like like the uh, snowflakes in Population 1 that drove everyone insane because that was it changed the focus of the game. Yeah. Does this fox hunt change the focus of the game? Like, is are people more worried then about the clues than they are playing actual golf? Yeah, I... I I think the way I think the way that you're going to end up is because this is very much an end game add-on. Like okay. you have to have beaten it on easy. Okay. You'll probably be struggling because the levels are difficult on hard. So mm -hmm. I'd say this kind of nestles in the middle of that sandwich. Is like not. It is going to distract you. It's going to distract you, and you're going to want to go tinker off because it doesn't go hole by hole. So the clue might go from hole one to hole mm -hmm. fourteen, back to hole three, that type yeah. of thing. It just uses the whole level. Um, so m my suggestion would be use it as like a breather between golf rounds and yeah. be like, you know, we're going to go and do this. It'll Stretch probably take you about an hour yeah. to beat yeah. one. But uh, it's but yeah. totally cool. The clubs are awesome. And it feels, it's a really nice thing to do as a group. So Yeah, it's a, it's yeah, a great my, game. My recommendation like, for the week is definitely. Yeah, I remember when you originally about spoke about it and I was just like, what? Why is he talking about this mini golf game? And then like me and Nathie <laughs> jumped in and it, it was really, really good. And I've been playing it ever since with like family and friends. So yeah, highly recommend Walkabout Mini Golf. Good uh, recommendation there. Yeah. So next up, this guy's a swinger who loves to grapple in the arena. Once he's got you in his sights, you'll be totally hooked. Everyone say howdy to Rowdy. How you doing, dude? I'm, I'm doing great. I was kind of wondering, where is this going when you said the word swinger? I was like, <laughs> okay, Mike, uh, I told you that I'm private. Please don't like uh, start discussing that with anyone else. But anyway, uh, no, I've, I've been doing great. Indeed, like uh, I think the highlight of my week, I had to choose between two highlights because I've had a very busy week and I haven't had the chance really to to dive into VR that much. But uh, the time that I did manage to dive into VR was, uh, well, it was on Sunday, actually. It was after a podcast with Lonely Viper. Me, him and Chris, uh, we actually jumped into a game of Onward and uh, we managed to uh, uh, take a few rounds there. And it was a lot of fun, but I think the highlight was still like the Gravel Tournament uh, game that we played together. Uh, not because I was particularly good in it, <laughs> I, I mainly died, but I have to say like I had so much fun uh, playing in that game. Uh, again, like it's with like people that you know, so it's already hilarious. Uh, Zim did a great job in organizing that and uh, I think it was just a lot of fun. And you know, we talked about it in the previous show, so I won't go too much into detail. Uh, I will probably be trying it out uh, tomorrow as well with, uh, with Viper again, um, just to like uh, to, to get a little bit more experience into that game. Uh, but it's just a lot of fun. That game is yeah. like it's it's very 
low entry you don't need a lot of like hard skills to to play the game although there's a lot of skills that you can develop because there's so much going on with like the grappling you need to master that kind of tool it's, it's an easy game to, to get into but a hard game to master i would say yeah um, i would agree with you, uh, you there as well and like it was my highlight of the week as well actually um yeah. and like you said you know uh, me zim and rowdy kind of jumped in uh, on sunday and this was all after viper started talking about it right he was the one that mm. kind of got us into it he was singing its praises so we all jumped in and checked it out the devs provided us keys which you know we're very grateful for um but like you say it's got this like really nice clean aesthetic to it as well like this kind of like cell shaded art style which i think is mm. really really nice uh and it's kind of like a mix between like unreal tournament shooting and like the swinging in windlands like kind of combined mm. um it's got a few different game modes like uh, six six player free for all uh 3v3 team deathmatch and then you've got like a domination mode as well and, and the um, awesome way is that the way that you need to vote for the games right exactly you yeah. want to shoot on the level that you want and the more times you shoot the more likely it is that the, the game is going to get selected so it isn't like a a one-time select i want this mode no you need to like keep on <laughs> open to trolls troll <laughs> abuse oh it's it's so open to troll abuse and I, I so hope that they bring this game to uh to quest because it's so yeah, that game will explode on that platform, I think. Yeah, it's kind of weird because like it, it, it launched on Steam back in November and it's kind of only hit our radar now. And I don't know whether we've just been living under a rock or I don't know, it just didn't happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, I spoke to the devs actually and I, I sort of told them that, you know, I really like the game and that um, I was hoping that they're going to bring it to Quest and they did say that they're, they're planning to bring it to Quest soon. Mm. Uh, that's like one of their priorities right now and it's going to have cross-platform play with PC players as well. Oh, that'd be fantastic. Um, so yeah, and if you're interested in Grapple Tournament, and I, I would, if you if you've got a PC VR headset, then I'd highly recommend you go check it out on Steam. There is actually a free demo, so you can just go and check out the game's mechanics and see, yeah. uh, you know, kind of get a feel for it for free. So that's I really think good that idea. the demo is the right way to go right now. Um, the reason I say that, I've tried to hop in two other times during the week. Um, their servers are a bit unstable and sometimes unavailable, so you couldn't even get a multiplayer match going, and also. They don't really have much of a player base right now. So unless you have yeah. people to organize with or you're going to hop on their Discord or something, I have to say the game is fantastic. Viper's recommendation was solid. It's super fun. It really feels like Unreal Tournament in terms of the vibes yeah. of the weapons. The yeah. only letdown for me was the pulse rifle, which lets out like uh, your secondary fire. And the secondary fire, the way it works with the guns, with the triggers, are just amazing. Really smart. Really yeah. smart, yeah. Um, but that should go out. You should be able to shoot that and then make a bigger explosion. So devs, if you're listening, please. See, see this is where I completely failed at this game. Like I didn't real realize about the like 45 minutes into the game that there was like secondary fire mode. So I've just yeah. been like pulling the trigger with everything I saw that moved. Uh, so yeah and i think that's the thing you've got to really balance it out like you could roll like my favorite was to use the grappling hook with one hand and then have the magnum in the other hand so you mm. could like kind of do both at the same time or you could like use one of the bigger heavier weapons but you have to hold it two-handed to get the best out of it so there's a real trade-off there in terms of the it, way it, you play it, it sounds it sounds very familiar to uh like skyfront back in the days yeah it's more uh, fun than skyfront yeah. though, but, but skyfront opinion, too... more... the maps are also better i think yeah uh, and also Another thing is that, um, like, like the game modes itself, like the different game modes itself, are quite fun, mm. um, and I, I think that the, just the game itself has a lot of potential if indeed they manage to get like more players in there. It might be interesting if they they introduce like doing like some free weekends once in a while to get like yeah. people more aware of this kind mm. of game, um, and especially bring it to Quest. I mean, if they manage to bring it to Quest, then I think all problems will be solved anyway. 
Yeah, I agree. I think the only issues we had was the matchmaking. Um, but other than that, really cool experience. Yeah. So go and check out Grapple Tournament. The demo's available on Steam right now. Yeah. Uh, solid recommendation there. So uh, next up, this VR addict has been away at VR Rehab for the past couple of weeks. But he's now back on track and fully recharged. So our favorite Friesian is, of course, Nathy. How you doing, dude? You all right? Yeah. Did, did I miss much or... Uh... Yeah, you missed a few things, yeah. you know. How, how would yeah. you sum it up? Like, I'm sure Zim is very good at summing things up. Like, very short. Or is like oh, you, should, short you should go listen to the other two podcasts oh, and then yeah. you'll, be catch, you'll be all caught up, Nathan. Yeah. I think uh, <laughs> I'll sum it up in this. Um, Tipman wasn't as good as we thought it might be. Yeah. True. Mm. And also... And uh, Gorn released on Quest. Oh, yeah, Gorn mm -hmm. released on Quest. And Viper had to go to the toilet mid-podcast. He <laughs> needed to go to the, to the toilet wow. real bad and was crying almost on the chat to Rowdy. Yeah. But no, he didn't only cry in the chat. He messaged me on four different platforms. Yeah, it was urgent. But <laughs> he did a good job. I didn't notice. I just, I just he, saw him duck off for a second. He didn't soil his suit, which was good to know. But how do you feel anyway? How was your holiday? Do you feel, do you feel yeah. better now? Yeah, no, great. I uh, didn't touch VR at all. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I first was like, mm, like I packed my quest. I was like, nah, <sighs> let's not do that. Let's not, no. let, let's not bring it. Um, but uh, no, it was amazing. Uh, had a lot of fun um, and yeah as you said like uh, it sounds like I didn't miss much so that's great because it's hard to uh, take time off usually um, because yeah. there's always something going on mm -hmm. um, but um, January is like usually in January like last year January I was in China um, so of course now I couldn't go to China so instead yep. I just stayed in my own country <laughs> yeah, what did you do uh, what did you get up to uh, I heard something um, about seaweed I need to know more <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so I, I just went to to another state, uh, like uh, close to the shore, the seaside, um, and uh, I just you know biked around a little bit, um, did some sightseeing, um, just like the simple stuff, watching mm -hmm. some TV. Oh. Any, any, any hobbies that like you wish you uh, would be reincorporating into your your normal you know. Business as usual life now. Then things that you've like remembered that paperbacks exist or anything else like that. <laughs> um, nah, like not 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 so much. But um, I, um, you guys apparently want to talk about seaweed. Sure. Yeah, please Tell we us. can do that. We can go into that. Um, so um, the last day of my holiday, I decided to to just go for a beach walk at night because it was for like full moon. I thought like this is it, and. Um, I just didn't notice that on the side there was a lot of seaweed, so it's very slippery. So I fell, <laughs> and I didn't like I didn't break anything, luckily. Um, but I, I thought I thought this story was gonna go entirely different when I heard the word like seaweed and a different town in Holland. Oh, yeah. Oh right, of course. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I've never tried to smoke seaweed before, but uh, well, you can always try for science, right? Um, but. Uh, <laughs> So, so, um, so I fell and then I came back to my bungalow and then I checked my pants and there was like seaweed in my pants and there was seaweed <laughs> under my watch and there was seaweed freaking everywhere. It, it, it almost felt like I fell into the sea instead of just some seaweed. Um, nice. But um, yeah, that, that's kind of so smell. It's, it's dangerous out there. Yeah. yeah. So I still smell like seaweed today. So this is why we don't let you out very often because there's stuff like this happens. No, because I, I, I do dangerous <laughs> things like walk on the yeah. beach and then almost killing myself. Well, it's good to have you back anyway, at least in one piece. So. Yeah, same. 
Glad you had a nice yeah, holiday. Same here. It was like weird. It's like weird. I, you know, it's Saturday. And you're like, mm, I'm not a part of the show. <laughs> and then you said, I'm going to watch TV instead and try to forget about that. I was a yeah. part of this podcast once. <laughs> well, good to have you back on the show anyway, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Same. So we have a special guest joining us this week. She's breaking boundaries in the art world and showing us the true magic of creating beautiful artwork in virtual reality. It's Rosie Summers. Thank you for joining us this week. Thank you so much. Thank you for the intro. Oh, you're welcome. How you been? <laughs> I'm good. No, really good. It's um, been one hell of a week for me, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, not much VR playing as such, more just figuring out what to do now Tilt pushes open source, lots of... Um, Lots of creative possibilities, lots of excitement. Yeah. So that has taken up the majority of my week. Nice. For sure. And we're going to be talking more about, obviously, uh, Tilt Brush becoming open source and what that yes. means uh, for creators like Absolutely. Rosie uh, moving forward. So definitely looking forward yeah. to getting into that. So, uh, yeah. But thank you again for joining us on the show this mm-hmm. week. Uh, it's going to be interesting to get your oh, thoughts on some of the, the topics that we're going to be talking about. So uh, before we get into the news this week, then, uh, should we read out what the chat have been up to this week? Yeah. Any highlights? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was hoping for you to say like uh, like I'm gonna go and uh, play a tilt brush live and I'm gonna show you how how to draw stickman <laughs> because that's all I uh, know how to <laughs> that, that is all I can to do, draw. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what you're gonna but, get. From uh, me. Okay, but we'll, we'll save that for next time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the chat, yes, the chat. Um, so we had David uh, Dawson who played Alien Isolation through virtual desktop. We have Burrito, who played Synth Riders, the demo, because there is a demo that you can try. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he also said he wants to try Side Sketch. I don't know, Rosie, if you know what Side Ooh, Sketch yeah, is. Yeah, absolutely. That's Side Quest's like, um, version of Tiltbrush. Mm. Nice. Is that is that new from this week then? Since it the is, open yeah. So wow. within hours of the news, there was Ooh. stuff like this coming out. That's new insane. Apps, new brushes, really exciting. Scoop awesome. right here. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, Dave the Psycho, who finished uh, Medal of Honor, finished Warhammer, played Jupiter Grat, Gorn, mm. React, and Bowman. Bowman is also something new that just popped up on SideQuest, yep. I saw. Yep. Um, like, uh, I'm, I'm totally, like, down for a good, like, bow and arrow game, uh, mm-hmm. you know? So, we'll see, maybe that's any good. Uh, then we have uh, uh, Odin, who played Fuji, uh, Form. Uh, also, uh, let me Whoa, check. Twilight huge. Path, Visionarium, Boozlutza. Wow, I don't know what that classic means. Classic puzzlers. Uh, booz, yeah, booz yeah, yeah, like Boozlutza. 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 Is that a VR game? What, what do you think it is? What, what, like, any guesses? I'm just going to guess an adult VR game because I have no idea. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure he's going to let us know. Um, I think Nathie just Germanified like the name. Like, yeah, I'm sure I completely, like, completely uh, differently ruined it. Um, and then he also tried uh, Westworld Awakening. Um, and, and the reason why he played so much is because he just got Fine. a 3080. Oh, nice. PC Master Race, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, I also want to give a quick shout out to Mad Wookie and Jeffrey Goldman uh, Goodman for the super chats. You know, Jeff Jeff like super chats every week. We we never say oh thank God. you, so uh, I just want to say a quick thank you to those that do support us through the super chat. We really really appreciate it. Um, so now let's uh, actually no before we get into the news, 
I've got to thank our sponsor, of course, uh, and that is mm-hmm. Synth Riders. They've been supporting us the past few weeks on the show, and we really, really appreciate that as well. So uh, just to let you know, Synth Riders have recently released their latest Synthwave Essentials Pack 2, which contains some awesome tracks from the likes of Muse and Gunship. You can play these tracks solo or ride the rails with friends in the excellent online multiplayer mode. And to celebrate our partnership with Synth Riders, they're going to be kindly giving away four keys to the game and four t-shirts to our audience. And all you need to do to enter the giveaway is check out the post on the F-Reality Twitter page, which is at F-RealityCrew on Twitter, and retweet it. Mm. That's all you need to do, and you'll be entered into the giveaway, and we'll wow. announce the That's winners it. on next week's show. Easy yeah. peasy. Nice. You guys do look more and more slim and healthy. Is this because of Synth Riders? Or, uh... 100%. Or just... I can 100% attribute that to Synth Riders. <laughs> slim and healthy. Nathan knows, yeah. how, Nathan knows how to come back from a holiday. You come back just <laughs> gratuity and, and all these like positives. I got to say one thing about Synth Riders. This is funny. I was mm-hmm. going back, you know, on occasion, any, any creator will, will have a backlog of keys in their email or whatever. And I found one from the Synth Riders team back in... Um, back in like April last year. And I was just like, oh, this is funny. This is like when COVID was just getting bad. Um, but I found a, a key to the game and I was like, oh, you know what? I've already got it. So I'll give this to my dad. So I gave it to my dad. And within an hour later, he comes back. He's like, you just, just three, three lines. He's like, well, that's bloody addictive. And it was like, it's funny because he's never played anything like Beat Saber or anything. So that was literally his first music rhythm game. And uh, we're going to play next Wednesday. So I look forward nice. to that. Thanks, team. So if you want to check out that addictive gameplay yourself, you can check out Synth Riders, which is available on Steam, Oculus Rift, and Oculus Quest. Links are in the description down below. Yep. Uh, so let's get into the news then, because we've got plenty to talk about this week. We've got some interesting topics as well. And the first bit of news comes from Oculus, as Facebook had their 2020 Q4 earnings call this week. Uh, this is where they have this regular meeting, and they talk about updates from the company. And Mark Zuckerberg talked about the company's progress and also gave us some insights into the Oculus Quest platform and how it's performing. And he stated that he's most excited about the work that they're currently doing with Facebook Reality Labs to create what they call the next computing platform. And this is what he said. He said, uh, we launched Quest 2 in October and it's on track to be the first mainstream virtual reality headset. I think that Facebook has done more than any other company to bring uh, virtual reality to the mainstream. It's been great to see so many people embrace this, especially this year during the pandemic. We're seeing people use it to play games with friends when they can't be together in person, to do workouts in their living room, or to meet with colleagues whilst working from home. There are a lot of reasons why the Quest 2 was one of the hot holiday gifts this year. Right now, more than 60 Oculus developers are generating revenue in the millions. That's nearly twice as many as a few months ago. In previous quarters, I've talked about our long-term future goals when it comes to virtual reality, but I think this quarter's results show that the future is here now. which is pretty cool. Uh, he also went on to to say that the goal is to continue shipping our uh, content and titles, working with developers and shipping new capabilities to the device. And he kind of like talked about how they they kind of developed the hand tracking mm-hmm. mode uh, for Quest and Quest Two, which was like a kind of a mode that no one ever thought would be possible on that device, uh, which is kind of cool. And he says that they're continuing to work on new hardware as well, and that the new hardware will kind of fit the same platform. So expected to be another Quest. Uh, so the content that works on Quest 2 should be forward compatible. And so that way we're going to build one kind of larger installed base around the virtual reality headsets that we have. So he's kind of hinting that, you know, they're developing obviously the next gen Quest headset. And I think, you know, a lot of pe- I saw a lot of people posting about this, you know, Quest 3 this, Quest 3 that. And I, I don't know why. I, I don't think the fact that they're working on the next headset already is 
like a huge surprise. You know, uh, we we know that from previous yeah. hardware generations from Oculus that they're they're immediately mm -hmm. working on the next headset as soon as they've shipped the, the previous one, and if not, they're working on like well, even, even two generations they, they ahead. Have, they have multiple different pro they have multiple different prototypes what they're working yeah. on together. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, so uh, it's it's very logical for a company like that that they. They try new things and see what gets implemented and yeah. whatnot in an iteration. Yeah, but I think it's, I think it's the logical biggest... that uh, any anything that sells well gets usually a second or third or fourth. As long as it sells well, there will be a new one coming, right? But I think I think the thing I, is I like so. I, I don't think that the sales for them matters that much. I think that they they're pushing this technology forward because they're in it for the long game rather than like whether mm -hmm. even if the Quest Two didn't sell well, I still think they that they were, would be working mm -hmm. on a Quest Three. Yeah, I, I I agree with that point. Like it's not reactionary from a product development perspective. You mm -hmm. interleave oh. and you just phase, and it's like this is already like what Mike was saying. This is this was already on the table. This has already been designed. They already know the target mm -hmm. specs of what they want to create. We don't know it. Not confirmed anyway, but we can guess. Um, and I've got two guesses. I think there's going to be foot tracking. Uh, and, and my wife Ooh. laughed at me earlier, and I'm like, you did your arms, you did your hands, right? Why not get feet in there? You've got cameras. They're pointed downwards. They can see other stuff, you know? <laughs> Unless you got a really awkward body shape, in which case, you know, maybe not. And that's, that's, that's part there. And then secondly, colors. I mean, you've already seen it on Reddit. People have gone really yeah. crazy with the colors of the thing. It's not going to be black. It's not going to be white. It's going to be something awesome, like turquoise or lava oh. orange or something. Like they're oh. going to give, they're going to have a reason that you want to upgrade, like sneakers. Oh, I thought you were going to say like see-through is going to be colored. That but, honestly, uh, they should bring that um, back. They should bring that yeah. back because the early consoles, like, and I'm talking not VR, I'm talking other mm -hmm. consoles, when they released like in see-through or, or or translucent, those sold loads, loads. They should do it. They should do it. Yeah. So, I don't, but, but I, let's say, would that mean that um, because they are, of course, they're working on new stuff, but let's say then the Quest 1 also, like, slips off even more from there, you know? I think the, the the plan, like they said, is to have everything compatible. So, you know, you release so, it on Quest, it's going to be working on Quest 1, Quest 2, Quest 3. There yeah, might be because, Quest 3 or even Quest 2 exclusive titles. I'm mentioning this because I've seen, uh, for example, Rec Room as an example and a few others where they say, like, listen, this is not working on your Quest 1 anymore. Yep. And that will only become more and more with the Quest 3 then being around because then, yep. you know, yep. the difference will be huge. <laughs> it's the uh, exact same as, like, the iPhone model, right? Where you... You added the first iPhone, then when you're six generations deep, there's going to be apps that just do not run on the early stuff. And I think it'll start to become quite a gray area, which makes it tough for consumers. And what ends up happening is you kind of go like, okay, if I'm not on the latest or the second latest, I'm probably screwed, you know, and I'm going to have to upgrade at some point. It just drives that mentality. I think what they mean with this backwards compatibility is that it's actually just like Quest 1 titles will work on Quest 2. I don't think necessarily no. it means that in the future, people who develop for Quest 3, that it will necessarily also work on Quest 1. Uh, but I think as well, like, depending on the price and everything else, like if you're just developing solely for Quest 3, then you could be missing out a big chunk of user base. So I'd imagine most developers will be wanting to target all three systems to get the maximum exposure for their games and just for like now. have have like like with quest 2 like we've seen now you get enhancements of those yeah. versions yeah. yeah higher higher refresh yeah. rates better textures like like what you've yeah. got on the scaling system on a pc right you don't develop yeah, it, for one form of pc you develop for a kind exactly. of range and that's what's yeah. going to end up happening but you know what like 
I'm glad it's been set. It's great. Uh, I'm looking forward to the next iteration of Quest. I'd be totally comfortable with that coming out a year after the Quest 2 launched. It'll be a little bit of a like, okay, this is funny because uh, I've got to upgrade now. But if they manage it a year, a year and a half after, I'd go for another upgrade. Why not? So that, that that's the big the biggest question, right? Is the yeah, when. when? Like when is this gonna happen? So you got you think you'd be happy with a, a year after Quest 2 launch? So you're talking like later on this year, Zim? Yeah, I've I have i have said this before. I mean we I said this when Quest 2 landed, was that like I, I do expect them to fall into an annual cadence because it just ends up making it easy for announcements. It's like, all right, this year we're getting the new Samsung phone. What's it got? What are the bells and the whistles? And then you just focus on that. It's the same so thing with, with VR. VR headset standalone. Yeah, okay. Give me the one like, every I, I year. Have, were you saying announcing or actually like selling the thing? I mean, selling it. I mean, I mean, okay. so you just get in. I mean, the announcement will happen around the same point of the year. The, the headset will come out available for consumers about the same time of the year. Mm. Every Q3, we could have a new quest and it'll just dominate Christmas every year from here on in it. It just makes total sense. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I don't you? entirely agree with that, um, mainly because I see the Quest 2 is an optimization of the Quest 1, which makes sense because there were a lot of features that could be optimized. But in terms of novelty, I don't think it really brings a lot of new things to the table. You know, the refresh rate is a little bit better, the resolution is better. But I don't think that keep on pushing those benchmarks up will be enough to convince like people like me, for example, to invest in a, in a new headset. Because I even said back then with the Quest 1, I, I think the Quest 1 is still a great headset. I, I don't necessarily see the Quest 2 as the, even though it's an upgrade, I don't see it as the necessary upgrade that I need in order to keep on continuing playing mm -hmm. VR. Yeah. If they bring with Quest 3 something like, you know, an incredibly increase in, in refresh rate or incredibly increase in resolution or a wider field of view or uh, very focal uh, um, uh, lenses, or whatever it is, if they bring in new technology, then yes. But if they're just going to say, oh, you know, we... We did a 10% upgrade in the resolution, or we did uh, the refresh rate is now 110 hertz. Well, 110 hertz might actually be nice, like you know, 120 hertz, whatever. Uh, having having a higher refresh rate will be something that convinced me, but not just a new color or like something that is like yeah, well. that. I feel is more like a gimmick, it's like like you said, like feed tracking. Even though I hope that will come. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All of VR I, chat just turned against you, Rowdy. You're dead, man. You're dead. <laughs> What they okay, would, what they could also introduce that's what Apple does is where you can trade in your hats well your your phone and mm -hmm. get money back and then you get the new one so if exactly. they if they use that plus like the the lower the price the the more likely it will be that someone trades it in again sells it and just buys a new one again and mm -hmm. I think software wise you can really say like listen you have a Quest mm -hmm. One this feature yeah sorry it doesn't work anymore now Quest Two still has it and that's how you move forward so you can you can with software you can also force people into buying. Mm -hmm. New, uh, I just think the question hardware. for me is like, what kind of upgrades do they need to do in order for me to buy the new version? No, but I think mm. I think we're talking about games. I think like if if the hardware becomes more powerful, you can get bigger games, better games. Right now, I still feel like we're in this in the in the party game era. Like they're not huge ass games on the quest just yet. We had a few, you know, Saints and Sinners, etc. But we're not in the like hardcore single player uh, scene mm. yet. Yeah, but I, uh, I understand. And that. I think that's where just, you can really get people interested. I just think that since they already introduced like the newest processor, like how how much how much more can they put in that headset in such a short right time? Now. Since I don't think that you know the, the latest pro processor that they have in there is already a new upgrade from that right mm. now that they could upgrade the new headset with. Since that's not something they have control mm. over. With one a year, there's not going to be so much change either because there's just frankly not enough dev time to put mm. some really exciting, massive feature in. 
Yeah, yeah, it's just exactly. one a year. So. Yeah, but on the other side, we also buy iPhones every year, and I don't yeah. know, but there's also but that's, nothing that's going the, on I, with I, those. I still don't uh, see it as the same market. I don't see it as the same market. I hate because to fall iPhone... into that market. <laughs> yeah. Personally, I, I don't think it's going to be this year. I think it's more likely next year. And I think, you know, I've talked about this before, but I don't think hardware is necessarily what we need right now, other than PSVR being the big exception. Like, that does desperately need new hardware. Yeah. But every, every other platform, yeah. PC, Quest, I, I'm happy with the hardware that we've got right now. Yeah. It's the games that are the biggest uh, key to this because you don't buy a system because of the hardware specs. You buy a system because of the games available on it. So it, yeah. that needs to be leveraged more. But, and, and like yeah. like Nathie yeah. said, we need bigger, more compelling single player experiences to bring uh, people across from but, other gaming platforms. But even even if it would be next year, then it's still fast and quick. You know? Yeah, uh, it is quick, but they do work it, very fast. Um, well, you know, until they, they've got these kind of processes down to a T now, I think. Until the Rift S and uh, Oculus Quest hopping then to, to Quest 2, Oculus have been on a cadence of two years. For the, mm. since the beginning. So it's been yep. a headset every two years, which is why I said, you know, I, I would expect them to up their game a little bit and release within one to one and a half years because, okay. but, but releasing in that time period, releasing in spring is odd, right? Even the start of summer is kind of odd, but COVID's thrown everything into weird territory now. But this is the seasonal effect of, of consumer mm. purchasing hasn't really changed much. People are still buying around the holidays, you know? Yeah. But I think one of the key things to take away from this update is not only the fact that obviously they're working on next-gen hardware, but is that a lot of developers are making significant amounts of money on their games now. Yeah. And, you know, it, and it's important also to have your VR game on the Quest platform to get that revenue potential. And a bit like Grapple also, Tournament, like we talked about earlier on, you yeah. know, it, right now it's stuck on Steam. And really that game needs to get onto the Quest yeah. platform to give it that new lease of and, life and, and open and up also, to a wider audience. Exactly. And also, I have a little bit of feeling from that conversation, they're like going away just a little bit from like only being like that gaming focused device, because they're talking about like more business applications, talk about meeting up with colleagues. Fitness. And by, by yeah. saying these kind of things, I have the feeling that they're also willing to expand in those markets more and put some you know research and development into that. Because I think that would be a great opportunity if we see more like business opportunities arise with that combine virtual reality into a specific kind of platform. Well, that's yeah. certainly their goal. We've seen that with the virtual office stuff that they were showing off, right? I think what you're saying, like it's totally like makes sense. Uh, and also because all these, like they, they made so much more money than they made with the Quest. It's insane. Uh, I, I've seen some, some studios completely like move to another building because it, it can be bigger now because the Quest 2 and things like that. Uh, and, and, and with that, like um, studios mature more too because it's not like every studio wants to make small games. Some of them have bigger goals. They really want to make something AAA. So with more money, there is more. So I think we're going to see an aftermath of games being way more professional, way more interesting, more deep, as I said, more single player. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Yeah, I think I think it's good news. I think we're going to see some really like a boost in in quality. I hope sure. so because like if you look at the Walking Dead uh, Saints and Sinners for for example, uh, they recently stated yeah. that the game sold ten times more on the Quest platform than the PC platform did, and they made around twenty nine million dollars in revenue. Yeah, that's awesome for a VR title. Um, that's insane. Unless so, of course you're the person who was you know the uh, the texture artist, and you're going ah no one saw my beautiful textures <laughs> on PC, you know, uh, but. <laughs> The game is great in both platforms. It, it really is. It's one of those conversions that you thought wouldn't really work, and then it they did an excellent and, and that, job. And, and that, that um, like I don't know like exactly the the numbers, but I think that's like ninety nine percent this Quest Two 
and then the rest is kind of I don't know. Yeah, quest based is huge I think, though. And I the think thing it's... is that that is a that is a, an awesome <gasps> FPS quest with quest such bite and story yeah. and you know what I mean. Like I mean, if you if you have a, if you're a quest owner and you're looking in the library and all of a sudden Saints drops on it, you're gonna buy that game, man. Yeah, you're gonna buy that. Mm. But I think the, the biggest takeaway is obviously that the quest platform is doing super well for for the company, and obviously they're doubling down yep. on that. And we're gonna see another headset at some point in the future. We don't know when at this point, but it's great to see also that the developers are, are earning decent revenue on their investments. So that's really good to see, and that the VR industry is thriving at this point, which is good. Um, so the next bit of news is about a rumored new VR game in the works from ID Software and publishers Bethesda. And this comes after a new listing was spotted last week from the Australian Games Classification Board. And the listing uh, titled uh, a project called, well, the, the title is called Project 2021A. Um, and it states that the game will be giving an R rating, so it will be like 18 plus. And apparently it will feature high impact violence and online interactivity with the year of production being 2021. So it's an id software it's just game. like 2021. That's, that's all what they make, right? That, that sounds like every game they make. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you've only got a few different IPs that, that id software actually make, unless it's a new yeah. one, which I think is very unlikely. Um, I, I don't remember them making cute games either. No. <laughs> uh, so do, do any of you want to take a stab at, as to what this might be? Yeah, I know what it's, it is. I think what we've hinted it's at it. It's said in 2021. Dude, it's what, Roddy? It's Doom, but it's set in 2021. Oh. Oh, oh right. Oh Doom guy comes God. down. Yeah. yeah. Beats up the virus. That sounds no, great. No, I I have only one guess, and it's just it's it's my it's my personal love, and that's Quake because they said it was online. They said it was hard hit, and I think it's going to be a Quake multiplayer Quake? title. I think it's Quake. But yeah, I think I think it's going to have. Um, I think what they'll do is probably do the single player multiplayer package, which they've done so well. Bring Quake finally to VR because they've done a few tests. A lot of their online stuff has done well. Quake Live and stuff like that. I played all their titles. Um, Champions was the most recent one, which they kind of mucked up a little bit, but got some good footfall. But I'd, but that they have not brought Quake into mm. VR, and it needs to come to VR for sure. Okay. Interesting. Well, that, that would mean that Anything that else? like uh, it would get a boost uh, into the esports scene as well. Uh, if they nail it, they could be one of the first to like have a heavy hitter. You know, definitely. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, we were just we, we were just playing Grapple Tournament, and it has so many characteristics that show it's absolutely viable. Yeah. And if they've been testing this in in playtest sessions, they've proven that to themselves already. Um, the fact that you've got indies now seeding and starting to build on those grassroots already yeah. shows you that VR is compatible with a Quake speed game. Mm. So I think it's going to be Doom Eternal, and this is the reason why. So the original, well, the reboot of Doom launched in 2016, and then a year later we got Doom VFR, which released on PSVR and, and, and PCs mm. as well. And then yep. Doom Eternal launched in 2020, and you got Doom Eternal VR potentially... 2021 so that's that multiplayer though it had some multiplayer aspect to it it wasn't a clear-cut multiplayer from what i understand um but i think i think i I, i'm hinting more towards doom obviously you've got other ips from id software like quake like you mentioned him and you've also got rage as well although i think that's probably unlikely um but yeah i I doubt it's going to be a completely new ip i doubt because because they've done doom vfr it didn't land particularly well and like Rage, with which you know Carmack talked about before, they spent way too much on resources and development, the technology behind it. They'd like to iterate quickly. And Quake, since Quake 4, and as I said, Quake Champions, mm-hmm. hasn't had VR attention at all. And it have always struck... I've, I've watched it for quite a while because I'm a Quake player. I mean, it's been with me since I was like 16. Yeah. I mean, 
they're 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 not they're kind of like the, the crowd crow team behind Sirius Sam. They're not afraid to take a chance on something and fail at a project, and they tend to try to do that out on the limb. So I just feel like since they've tried Doom VFR already. I see what you're saying, but that would be sure. doubling down on an existing project, yeah, but an I, existing I do, tech, I do right? think times have really changed when they made that. Like it was a total I, I, different yeah, I'm market. I'm with Nathan on that one as well. Like I don't know if, um, even though it's nostalgia, it's like, oh, you know, you want to get Quake in there, even though, I mean, I'm not really a Quake player, so I can't really speak for that. But I wonder like just VRifying that, if that's going to be enough to appeal to a new generation of gamers who've played so many different kinds mm-hmm. of games and... Like, there's been, like, so many games that have already attempted a style like that. Of course, they haven't been, like, the big uh, uh, publishers. Mm. But at the same, t- at the same time, I'm, I'm wondering how, how much more new stuff can they bring into this for this to becoming something different. So, and also, I wanted to ask, Sim, you probably know this. Um, yeah. Is Duke Nukem, is that also uh, its software? Not it. No, no, not it. But yeah, okay. I agree. Duke would be awesome, but... It's been a while. It, the thing is, uh, gamers, FPS lovers, will remember Duke Nukem forever and the the, the trashy mm, years that we had to wait no. for that to come out and then how it came out. So I think the the, the dream of Duke Nukem has kind of died yeah. for most you know serious FPS players. Quake... The thing that a lot of people who don't know much about Quake will will fixate on is probably the multiplayer experience. And although that's my favorite bit, Quake Mm -hmm. 2, for example, the attack of the Strogs, the torture scenes, the mechanisms that you had, just the the, the kind of gruesomeness of that um, was was very solid. And recently, there's been Quake 2 mods, even as far back as 2016, that have brought those original models and support for VR into the game. So it's it's been teased, it's been possible. Mm. There have been mm. chatter, yeah. you know, on 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 forums, for example, well, if, about that. If, so if that's you, why I think a strong single player spine plus the multiplayer aspect mm. could really hit home for it. Like I like if you look at where the money's at for them, it's Doom. Like the like Eternal as well has yeah. has sold also very well. Uh, yeah. And 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 as Rowdy said, like for younger generations, they know Doom, uh, even that it's very old, but they were able to modernize it. Well, Quake yeah. is it's not falling behind, but it's more for. No, the gamers from a, it, it, from a different era, yeah. you know, it's not uh, it's not fitting in with like Apex Legends and Fortnite. It's, it's sort more of crowd. you can yeah, sell right. to a more mainstream crowd. Yeah, Although uh, it would also be nice if they would maybe VRify uh, Rage because they also made Rage. But I don't know if that's uh, like the, the second one didn't sell so well. So I don't know about that. Is, but Doom makes total sense. Is Carmack sure. still talking to ID? Because if Carmack's still talking to ID. I don't think he is. If he was still talking, not after the whole Bethesda thing and no. Zenimax lawsuit. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, fair I enough, fair enough. Yeah, good he, point, good point. He's very, 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 very restricted in terms of what he can do in terms of talking um, to them. But I was thinking, like, I, Rage didn't even clock on my radar until you guys mentioned it. But Rage had a lot of interesting technology put into that as an engine that yeah. never really got the fanfare that it probably deserved. So mm. converting Rage as an existing IP, think of that, like. Think of Borderlands and how they converted that into VR. A Rage-type environment actually could do very well. And and I, I do wonder now if, if that's a possibility, a likely possibility. I accept, by the way, your argument about Doom. I just like playing the Quake mm, card yeah, here, yeah. because <laughs> partly because my heartstrings are plucked. But Doom, from a soundscape, there's no game that but, sounds better than Doom. But so Doom, I, like I'd Doom. accept that. But Doom F- VFR was more, like, to me, was more of an experience, like a, 
uh, they yeah, took yeah. a part of the Doom game, the new yeah. 2016 game, and they made that VR, but it was more of an experience. It wasn't Dude. like a full I was so I was VR so disappointed. Game. I held off playing Doom on PC. I still haven't played Doom on PC because I thought they would VRify it when it came out as this like chapter of the game equivalently or a slice of cake that tastes a bit like Doom. Uh, it was a disappointment for me. I mean, it was one of the reasons, one of the driving reasons why I bought a PSVR was mm. I thought Doom was going to be the full deal, but it wasn't. Because we don't know if it's going to be a full uh, title or just like it could also just be a VR support thing yeah. or it could be could anything. Be. Yeah. yeah, but I think, you know, a lot of people in the chat are like asking about Wolfenstein as well, but we've got to remember that no. Wolfenstein, it was published by Bethesda, but it was actually developed by Machine Games and Arcane Studios, so it's not id software. They worked, uh, they worked on the older ones, but they didn't work on the newer ones that no. you know. Those yeah. are all machine games and also so, the Wolfenstein VR experience was also made by machine games as far as I know yeah so, so the, yeah. the the main sort of titles that they're no, uh, their mainstays are happen. Doom uh, Rage and Quake really they're, they're yeah. the, the main three um, so yeah well, I think you know you know I think it's great that they're working on a new title it's exciting nevertheless and of course if you can't wait uh, for whatever this might be you can get your Doom fix on Quest anyway because like we said last week you can now oh, yeah. play Doom 3 on Oculus Quest using the Dr. Beef mod mm. uh, available right now on SideQuest. Uh, nice. But as soon as we hear and, uh, any more information about this game, we'll obviously keep you posted. SideQuest have like a Dr. Beef session section up right now, which is really Already. cool to see. It <laughs> totally deserves it. It's funny. Um, I was wondering, being a fan of Fragdolls and stuff, Rosie, are you much into this kind of game or, or do you have a do you have an, a point of view on this? No, sadly not. No, I'm more <laughs> of a Nintendo gamer myself. We can tell from we, the we giant collection see. in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We got for audio listeners, we Exposed. got a Wii, a GameCube, an original yeah. SNES, I think, Super oh, Nintendo. Yeah. Oh yeah, hell oh, yeah, yeah. The classics. Any favorite titles on those? Because we do have Nintendo fans here for sure. Um, mainly the Zelda series, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. I love and, Zelda. Um, yeah. <laughs> the Switch mainly at the minute, to be fair. Oh, the Switch, Switch is so the Switch good. Switch is awesome. Yeah. I've been playing so much Hades on the Switch. Like oh, it's been yeah. my go-to console yeah. of choice for that game. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Still not got that yet, but all my friends oh. have been raving about it. So. All right, any Switch suggestions? Because I'm a big Switch fan. Go on. What are, you, what are you playing? Well, at the minute, I'm just playing a lot of Smash, just because it's like a chill session sort of game. But before that, it's Animal Crossing. I'm just addicted. Oh, um, Animal Crossing. I'm sorry. Man. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. just addicted to Animal Crossing. It, well, it's the perfect antidote to 2020 and 2021, to that's, be honest. Plus, you got to get, you gotta get those, uh, those turnip turnip prices right. Oh, yeah. You know? The stonks, absolutely. That was the whole precursor to the GameStop. <laughs> it was. <laughs> <totally>. <laughs> Everyone is at home, you know, getting the stonks right from turnip sales. So yeah. that's how it happened. So true. Mike has been investing in, 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 in turnips while everyone has been turnips. investing in GameStop, right? <laughs> so, yeah. You've got to time the market right, my man. You've got to. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But yeah, the biggest thing for me for 2020 is just playing games which are positive and make me feel happy. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. So I've, I've sort of switched to like the, the calm gamer. So yeah, Animal Crossing and just games which just make me feel really good to play. Because I think that's, yeah. that's been really important last year, you know. Yeah, yeah I definitely. think you should still try Doom then. Doom yeah. Is, uh, yeah. <laughs> Such a very good game. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give Rosie some homework. The homework is this. You put on the yeah. Doom OST and you play Animal Crossing and I'm curious what results, you know? <laughs> there was actually some weird crossover stuff though recently, you know, with Isabelle. That's right. Like, yeah, that's right. Because yeah, they released at the same time. So there they was did. like a ton of meme content with that's funny. poor Isabelle just being smashed and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, awesome. So yeah, that is um, a new game coming from Ed Software, published by Bethesda. We don't know what it is yet. Um, well, this is good stuff. So we have Rockstar now. We have Ed Software yep. because Rockstar is still working on working something, on something as well. Yep. So yeah, good stuff. Valve. 
stuff in the Valve, works. Yeah, well, we're talking yeah. about Valve. That kind of nicely oh. brings us onto our segue for the final bit of news. Have Life Four? No, no, no. But oh. we did get some very interesting and exciting news, nevertheless, and that is because oh, Gabe Portal Neville... Three. No. Oh, no. Okay. Stop. Oh. <laughs> um, Team Fortress Three. No, right, get him Can out. Can you tell Nathy's been away? <laughs> Orange, yeah. Orange Box VR Edition, no? Okay. You're screwing up the intro, Nathy. Oh, okay, okay, go ahead, Mike, sorry. <laughs> so, uh, Gabe Newell, CEO of Valve, uh, he gave uh, an interview with uh, a New Zealand news network uh, recently because he's uh, currently uh, living yeah. in New Zealand, actually. He's been living in uh, New Zealand since the kind of whole COVID lockdown happened. Uh, he was there on holiday and apparently he just decided to stay there. <laughs> Um, and we've kind of talked about this on the show before, but what he was talking about was his plans to include brain-computer interface technology into future VR headsets. So unlike uh, Neuralink, which we've also talked about on the show before from Elon Musk, which is like an, a, an evasive BCI, which requires you to have like probes inserted into your brain by a sophisticated robot, uh, what he envision, uh, envisions is a non-evasive BCI built into the facial interface and head strap of a VR headset. So you kind of have these kind of like um, sensors dotted around the head strap that can read and potentially write to your brain. So he explained you're that they're saying non-invasive, so you don't have to go through the skull and stuff. No, like no, that. no, no, that's, that's what you're saying. Yeah, just just sits on your yeah. on your head. Um, so we explained that they're working with uh, OpenBCI to develop uh, an open source software, so developers can directly tap into the part of the brain responsible for visual, audio, and sensory feedback. Now, this could mean on a very basic level that games could read the player's brain waves and ramp up the difficulty of the game, like if players getting bored, for example, or their, you know, their, you know, their, their, um, their attention is, you know, drifting. So, you know, they could ramp things up a little bit, which is kind of interesting. But his plans aren't just to read the brain waves, but also to write to the brain instead. And this is kind of where it gets a bit crazy yeah, and also kind of scary. I, I thought I misheard you there. Okay. No. I thought no, I no, misheard no. you there because I'm I'm very very interested in this part now. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So he goes on to say that the real world will stop being the metric that we apply the best possible visual fidelity. The real world will seem flat, colorless, blurry compared to the experience you'll be able to create in people's brains. And he continued by saying that developers should start thinking about how to use BCI technology now because it's going to be important in all aspects of the entertainment industry uh, moving forward. And he seems to think that this will be as soon as maybe 2022 in terms of like what they want to do with this. Maybe it won't be full writing, but maybe a lot of like the reading technology that they want to do. This is certainly what he's hinting at. Uh, and he's talking about possible uh, okay. uh, integration of BCI um, in the new Valve Index, potentially. That's kind of the plan that they're going for. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is like before Rowdy sort of goes off on the science part of this and tells us that what he's saying is wrong <laughs> and is, is impossible... Um, I've actually been trying something out uh, this myself, like this week, actually, from a company called Nextmind. Um, so I'll show you what it is. And this is um, this is like a device. Let me show you. I can kind of focus on this. Um, so it's like a little uh, device that you can kind of clip onto the back of your VR headset with this little clip. Uh, and it's got like a built-in battery like a, in it. It looks like a, some kind of a back-end head strap almost type piece of black mm, plastic yeah. with two hinges on the sides. Yeah. So it's got a clip in the center, and yep. then the side bits are... It almost looks like a drone is what you're holding yeah. up. So, <laughs> But so then the, with tentacles that, like, attach to your head, right? Yeah, is yeah, this so comfortable these, to wear? <laughs> this looks, yeah. 
It's absolutely fine. They're like little comb-shaped sensors, and that's they're designed that shape so they can go through your hair. Obviously, I don't have that problem, but you know, if you did, then they can go through your hair and still make contact with the back of your uh, your, your head, huh. essentially. Uh, and, and How does this... that feel as a bald man? Like, does that does that irritate your skin at all, or was it actually pretty <laughs> it's comfortable? Fine. It's fine. You don't have to p- apply okay. a lot of pressure, uh, and it will give you a readout as to how um, how good the the contact is with the back of your head, uh, and it will go okay. green if it's good, yeah. and then can can read uh, what's going on. But essentially, how it works is that um, it reads the signals from the visual cortex of your brain. Um, so you've got a few demos to try out, which are on the flat screen, and then you've also got a VR demo as well, which they've provided. And what it enables you to do is you, you attach it to the back of your headset or you know a baseball cap, or they provide a head strap, which looks kind of goofy. Um, but then you kind of focus on an object, and that apparently projects a shape onto your visual cortex, and that can be read by this device. Uh, it's pretty rudimentary in terms of what shapes it can read, uh, but then you can use it to just kind of toggle basic on-off switches. So it's not like full mind control. You can't like kind of like. So it's lift not like up. you can do uh, X-Men stuff, where it's like you, hey, you're not like Professor X. No, 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 no. So you can't like lift an object up and move it across the screen. It, you, it literally you do just kind isn't of look on- like him a little bit. Well, that's true. That's true. I am. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's just simple on and off switch. So you can trigger an event or yeah, you can yeah. like you can kill an enemy, for example, just by focusing on it or you can pause. But it's still pretty a, impressive, a, right? Very I impressive. Mean, and, sounds, and like, honest, sounds kind of like, but it's cool. Wait, wait, you can kill an enemy by focusing your mind on him? How is yeah, that yeah. not Professor X? That's exactly Professor well, yeah, that's X. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But it, 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 it's it's basically a switch. So you're you're toggle you're, you're focusing on the enemy, yeah. and then it, like the switch is saying like right, okay, it's dead now. Mm. It, it's actually, pretty that's because that kind of go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say it's pretty basic in terms of what's available now, mm-hmm. but you know what what Gabe yeah. is talking about is like probably the next evolution of what is cap this this would be capable of. Um, but what I want to say is but now yeah. from, from even trying it now um, in its very basic form, I was what I was really impressed about is the user experience is so easy to use. It's got like a single button to turn it on. It connects to your PC via Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not directly compatible with the Quest, but obviously through the PC it is using virtual yeah. desktop. Um, and and they've got this like super easy software. You calibrate it, it works, and it's so accurate that you know I put my wife in there and she was able to pick it up like instantly. Um, and, and, and it's that like frictionless, uh, experience that I wasn't really expecting with something like this. I thought it was going to be way more complicated. And then when this came about, this whole like news about, uh, Gabe being interested in this, like we know in the past and how this is main, you know, maybe coming in the near term rather than long term future. It got yeah, me pretty excited yeah. having just tried it. But what do you, is what this do you, your what first you time? Time in on quick? Uh, that, that, that's what I'm wondering. Like, is this the first time you've ever used like medical electronics that allow you to control something with your mind? I've only tried ever so once before I went to the gadget show and um, they had like a kind of brain mm-hmm. interface thing there where you could control uh, a ball and basically it had a yeah, fan I underneath it well. and you could control how high or how low it is by controlling the power mm-hmm. of the fan with your mind. It's amazing to d- do that. Depending on how much you are yeah. focusing. Um, yeah, so I've tried something similar, mm-hmm. but it's... not obviously in a, like a consumer-esque kind of product because although this is a development kit right now, it's like 400 bucks, um, you know, it's pretty ready for consumers, but it just obviously needs the content yeah. to use it. 
Yeah, can mm. I quickly chime in on this? Because uh, sure. this is this is actually fairly old technology. Because I meant with I, I I remember with the rise of the Oculus Rift, there was this game. I forgot the name uh, of the game, but it was on, on Kickstarter where they also use like mind control to be playing the game. Uh, you would be able to control like lifting rocks and throwing rocks away yeah. and by, mm -hmm. by focusing on different parts, they had a bit more. So you have more points and say, indeed what you said, like you can, you can read how much focus you have. You can, you can read that fairly easily because it, it depends on brain activity uh, and also which regions that are more active and less active, depending on if you have a good accuracy or not. However, if we're going to be talking, talking about writing to the brain, um, I, I don't know of a single BCI interface that can do that uh, by actually giving, well, there, there are BCI interfaces that can do that, but they require FDA approval and they need to be used for a medical condition. For example, if you look at uh, uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation where they use uh, magnets, where they drive a high current through in order to make electric fields into your brain, then you are actually modifying specific regions and that is FDA approved for people with depression, for people with the obsessive compulsive disorder, you can modify parts of the brain. The danger with that is, is that it's, we don't know exactly what we're modifying often in the brain. The brain is a network. So if you modify one specific part, you will be modifying, you know, down the line, other parts as well. There will be a consequence mm -hmm. of this. Doing that from a gaming perspective, I don't see that becoming FDA approved in 2022 uh, to be writing things to your brain. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't see that happening. So the, the fact that Valve works and it doesn't does it necessarily mean that they're gonna use it for games? I mean, or well, I they they said gaming is their primary application right now. But like okay. and like you said, like Gabe admitted in the interview, like it has it it carries risk with with doing this kind of stuff. And he he says that the idea of a BCI making someone feel pain is a complicated topic and adds that the interfaces will be susceptible to viruses and other technologies suggesting that they'll need some strong safeguards in place. But, but the, the entire problem yeah, that I have scary, with yeah. that is that yeah. we just don't have the, the the basic understanding of how that is being processed into your brain properly for us mm. to be saying, okay, and we're also going to modify it now. Yeah. We, have, yeah. we have an understanding of how pain works, but not in a way that we can say, okay, we're going to specifically target this part of the brain, this specific network in order for you to feel this. That's like what but you can do and what they, again, what they do with trans transcranial magnetic stimulation is you can, on the motor cortex, you can drive electrical fields there that will then give you, for example, a twitch in your arm or a twitch mm -hmm. in your leg. So you can do by electrical stimulation of the, of the top part of the way the motor cortex is, of your brain, you can actually create senses. That, so that is possible. But to be using that again in a gaming perspective, I don't see that as being mm. uh, being applied really quickly. The now. only thing that I immediately jump on on this this technology, I think, like Mike, really excited for the opportunity that it presents. And my my immediate analogy that I draw is when you see a uh, a 3D film in the cinema, and it's kind of like it's okay, but there's there's a loss at the lenses that they give you, this all that kind of stuff. And then you try that in VR, and it's like, wow, this is all super clear now. That that signal being cleaned up by the fact that you got a direct interface into the brain, I like the way Gabe described it, um, being more, in a sensory way, appetizing than even the real world inputs. Like, for example, my eyesight at you know 36 is like slowly going off, and I can tell, and it's a bit like, okay, 
But like if, if you can get a direct interface going, you don't need to rely on how good your eyes are. You don't mm -hmm. need to rely on how good, you know, what if you lost a finger or something, but now you could feel that experience of touching a hot kettle. Like I totally get why that's attractive. I agree with Rowdy that a proper application of that is definitely some time out. Uh, the only thing that really makes me nervous is immediately, this is like Minority Report all over again, we're going to read your thoughts. Oh, right. You're not focusing on work? Well, mm, we, we can tell. See this little chart here? You see <laughs> yeah. this data point? You, oh, right. You're not focusing on our ad. Well, maybe we should do something to make you focus on our ad. <laughs> Zim, you should really stop thinking about torturing people. <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard after you played Doom so much. Gabe, Gabe I, I, calling you again that you didn't buy anything in a summer seal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I or do no, think... you can just directly write to your brain and make sure that you buy something. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, you're right. Like, your wallet, your but wallet. Yeah, the yeah, second yeah, side of this, not just the observer <laughs> side and what people can do from the outside with that data, yeah. but the idea of a Trojan or a virus or something. Yeah. Someone's got a computing interface and like all of a sudden you become a blank disk. Can you think? Uh, yeah. Just be an empty husk? Like, and it's a really interesting and terrifying future he, for somebody. Actually... He actually joked about that in the interview in a very lighthearted way and said, like, we don't want to go down the route of like, oh, remember that guy, Bob, that we used to once know? He used a VR headset and he wiped his mind and now he's like running around naked in the woods. He did actually say that. But <laughs> but like, I, I do I do Poor think Bob. that this I do think Poor this Bob. whole like idea of, of writing to the brain is like sort of long term, like something that he's invested in, something he wants in the future. But I think the short term is that devices like this and certainly having um, probes like this integrated into a headset would certainly mm. make sense. Mm. And if just by reading the brainwaves and it's not writing and it's not as dangerous or as evasive, then I do see really interesting use cases. Like, you know, if you take Half-Life Alex, for example, and maybe like the narrative mm. was like that Alex had uh, telekinesis powers rather than like telekinesis gloves, and then you could just like pick up objects like ammo and supplies with your mind alone whilst also using the controllers because i don't think no. this will ever replace mm -hmm. controllers i do think it will work no. in harmony with them as an as an addition no. uh to them yeah i, I completely uh, agree i think that with would that. be really and that cool. is definitely possible yeah that's that definitely possible yeah. as well because yeah definitely. if you look at like what for example what they can do with 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 mri scans nowadays that they can actually detect like which picture you're looking at mm. which i think is really amazing they can even like we, we like in a, in a certain way they can regenerate a picture so they can like because of machine learning and, and, and a lot of data that they've collected they've now managed to reconstruct the image that you're looking at up to a certain percentage which is really interesting from a from a data perspective that they can actually yeah. read out what you're looking at immediately this technology has me thinking of rosie and any other artist well, because I could just sit down and my brain would do the work for me <laughs> exactly you wouldn't even have to get well, up out your chair well you wouldn't be limited by your muscle memory but by your brush strokes by all that kind of stuff you can just take that picture that you've got in your head and almost you just tap in instantaneously yeah. create it yeah i'm interested of what it, sort of abstract art would create as well whether you're mm. it, like different brain waves would be a different brush and tilt brush and then it would just sort of like that'd be bit... super cool that sort of trippy art it would be kind of funny, like, uh, you know, one of the guys said about being distracted, you know, you've got yeah. like an art piece in your mind and then all of a sudden yeah. you're thinking about like the macaroni and cheese you're going to have for dinner and then all of a sudden like macaroni and cheese is in your art piece. It's like, <laughs> what's going to happen? What's going to happen? No. How do you change? How do you distinguish between the two? Exactly. I spend most of my life distracted. So it'd be some pretty weird, weird shit right there. But, but yeah, yeah I, I, I just, it's hard. I don't know where I stand on this. Like, where's my border of meta? You know, like mm. how far should we blend with technology? Should it yeah. like I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. 
It does feel mm. like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. Yeah. About does my, like it's like, does my brain have privacy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, well, that's uh, it. Yes, and and the, 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 the way he's kind of saying it is that there's so much data there available. Like, it, it's oh, so yeah. compelling yeah. To, endless, to get involved endless. in that. Yeah. And I'm sure other companies are feeling the same way. You know, like, there's so you much data You can't hide what you had. think, right? Facebook. Yeah, right. exactly. You can't hide what you think. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more intrigued with the whole, like, you know, reading your brainwaves and interpreting, interpreting <clears> them into in-game actions and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's super interesting. And I think it is probably coming probably sooner than we probably anticipate but the whole like mm. jacking in thing and like neural link and you know this kind of writing i think is 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 so so far into the future long-term yeah. uh plans and goals it's really interesting though what was the name of the device that you were showing us there a moment ago Mike? What okay was that, that was uh called the next mind um i've got a video uh coming out about that on tuesday where i kind of show it working and like i said you know I was skeptical. I thought it was going to be a gimmicky thing at first, but it did actually blow my mind, which is um, very impressive. Literally blow my mind. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> and like I, running around the woods naked, you'll know. <laughs> you'll know why. But like, you know, even showing it to, to my wife, Kate, and I was just like, you know, just check this out and see what you think. And, and, and it, she just picked it up instantly like I did. I thought there was going to be a learning curve to it. And they did say that, you know, you'll get better at it the more you use it. But straight off the bat, it just works straight away. And it's amazing when you say like, okay, with your mind, click on this button and it just happens. And do you know what I mean? Like it, it's, it feels like magic. And that's the amazing thing with technology yeah. when it's almost indistinguishable from magic. That's when you know it's something super exciting. So yeah, that's what I've been See playing around with. Quest three, next Q3. Oh, that, that'd be go. a great upgrade. Yeah, it would. Uh, I, I, I mean, I don't know if Facebook is the one that I would, like to know what I'm my sure, brainwaves look I'm like. Sure, I'm sure Mark likes your brain, Rowdy. <laughs> yeah. He would love to get hold of your brain. Um, so yeah, that is um, Gabe talking again about uh, brain computer interfaces, which he wants to be integrated into the future VR headsets. Obviously, yeah, they're yeah. doing super well with the index sales right now, still like topping the uh, the charts and sometimes even hard to get hold mm -hmm. of. So great for them. Uh, we just need more games from them, which they also hinted at that they're working on as well. So that's good news. Um, so before we get into our hot topic this week, uh, I think Nathie's got something that he's uh, been scouring the Reddit world and has plucked something interesting from there to share with us all. So I'll pass over to Nathie yeah, so, for that. So, so do you remember this this ancient conversation on this podcast like 85 years ago where we spoke about rocket shoes? Um, yes, yeah. I do well, remember. Yeah, that was an Adam back. Savage thing, wasn't Wait, it? Wait, rocket shoes was... Yeah, was it wasn't it like an Adam Savage Kickstarter yeah. bonus or something? Yeah. It was a yeah. top tier. You could get True. special shoes. Yeah, um, they're back, and, and now they're they are back, back. <laughs> better back. than ever. They are now not rocket shoes, but motorized shoes, and you can actually walk with them. Uh, it's like a treadmill, but better. And okay. uh, someone on Reddit posted this and said, "Like oh, I played God, No Man's Sky so with dangerous. it," and they and and like he made it himself. Um, they don't go sideways yet. They only go forward and backwards. It looks um, really comfortable as well. If I see the person like, well, yeah, I mean, it does look kind of, <laughs> you know, I do, I do think you need the right service for this, but, um, yeah, it's like something that someone invented and, and I thought it looks, it, was, it looks cool though. It's, yeah, yeah, it's no, an interesting I, concept. I, and, and I think how it works is like, it just, I think it detects, it's like two like little RC cars that you like strap onto your feet or something that just know that you go forward and backwards and they kind of move you. <laughs> but yeah, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. And, uh, 
I was like, I, I need to share this because like it's been a while ago we 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 spoke about the rocket shoes. Yeah, so, it looks like uh, he's wearing a harness, so he's like he's suspended from the ceiling. It looks like just yeah. in case he does fall. He, he there. best be strapped in because I think if <laughs> so, he, imagine like, if you can speed them up, and... then you can have an advantage, Rowdy. For example, population one, you know, where yeah. you walk faster than anyone else. <laughs> I still <laughs> think you know we were that. talking, we were joking before the podcast about dumb ways to die. But like, if you found like a body <laughs> strapped into all that gear, you'd be asking a couple of questions <laughs> all right but it's yeah. like th didn't we we saw this um like prototype type thing before with the uh, i suppose you, you, you what did you call them uh nathy like a, almost like a treadmill for your foot right yeah and and we've seen the ones where they were like a staircase that would walk with your feet so to yeah yeah the robot one so yeah. i feel like we are coming to a point where we answered the point that rowdy said probably two and a half years ago on the podcast where it's like you need to be walking like if you want to feel like you're moving you need to have this but does this solve this doesn't solve the vestibular problem right because you're not actually moving so so no. all the inner ear bones and stuff aren't actually triggering right right th th there are there are different parts about like you know movement you indeed like you know like the positioning of your feet and your your legs and your knees and your joints and all of that that's all important to give the sense of movement uh I, I still don't know if this is a natural thing because you, your foot is kind of like sliding away every time. So you'll still be like walking like you're on like roller skates, right? I yeah. mean, I don't, I haven't tried it, of course, but it, it does look a little bit like walking on roller blades or, or yeah, roller, you're right. skates, yeah, roller skates. Like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem. Which with is also not a very comfortable thing to do. <laughs> it's the same with, with, with omnidirectional treadmills. And we've, we've talked yeah. about this on the show before. And there's a good episode where Rowdy kind of went into a bit of a deep dive on it. But essentially, the problem is that although you might be, your brain might be like, oh, okay, we're walking now, it doesn't feel natural at all. You kind of feel like Bambi on ice the first time you jump on one. Um, and you've got to learn, like almost relearn how to walk and run to adapt to the device. And then that's not yeah. intuitive at all either. So we still haven't got to that kind of like, this is a really good idea for solving the VR locomotion problem. Yeah. I, I still think, you know, just room scale locomotion is the best thing you can get right now yeah. uh, but, actually but, just having space again, yeah then again there are people who also just have regular problems with walking and just are covered with seaweed all of a sudden <laughs> that's, oh, yeah. that's very true that happens to the well, i don't know it's it's interesting to see that that people are just like hmm maybe i should make something for my feet and then this pops up i love the creativity like, oh, sure. yeah. Uh, yeah props to the no, dude. what is this called does this have a specific name or something is this going to be on sale or is this just a like, made I, for I, themselves i have as far no as idea tell. there was a long discussion with details and stuff but it's just called motorized shoes there was no it's just like I, I think the guy who posted it didn't even have like the idea that people would respond this way with like like this like some people are like this is amazing some people are like okay the, uh, the, the chat imagine they go it's... go like completely nuts yeah. like you would drive out of your window the, the chat <laughs> but, just uh, described it perfectly for the audio listeners uh, Julien Collin said uh, uh -huh. it looks like a white person trying to moonwalk yeah <laughs> 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 Yeah. Nice, nice find there, Nathan. Nice find. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. So what we're going to try and do is try and scour Reddit, like, and and deliver you some stuff from the community every week as well to kind of mix it up a bit. Um, so hopefully you'll enjoy that going forward. Oh, so in the chat, someone says it, it's it's open source. So if anyone wants to continue making something oh, out of this, nice. then uh, 
Hey, that's cool. Dovetails nice for uh, for 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 our show today. Nice, yeah. beautiful segue there, because of course now it's time to speak, to speak to our special guest Rosie uh, about her work and about uh, Tilt Brush moving to open source. So uh, Rosie yeah. Summers uh, is a 3D artist and pioneer in creating artwork in VR, and has worked on projects for the like of Google, the National Football Football Museum, and even the BBC. Pretty crazy. Um, so Rosie, maybe we should start. At the beginning, like how how did you get into to VR? Maybe your work prior to VR that kind of led you into that kind of uh, medium in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my journey started in 2014, really. If we count the DK one, which okay, yeah, um, nice. yeah oh. which I experienced the Tuscany fountain scene, which is like oh, the yeah. signature mm, classic signature VR dinosaur uh, material that right there. <laughs> and um, yeah, so that's where I thought that the the sort of feeling that this is going to be something big. It obviously wasn't there yet because I, I felt really sick. Um, but yes. I had that excitement, you know, that the tech had progressed to such a stage that I could walk around in the space and um, look around me. And it, I had no idea the tech had got to such a stage. And yeah. then um, a few months later, it was the Google Cardboard, which yeah. um, really gave me such a boost that this how powerful this medium could be. Just mm -hmm. a piece of cardboard with my phone, and it transcended me into a whole another world. And I actually felt like I had presence there, and it was just that little demo experience. You know, like the little wolf, and when you're on the boat, and then the big whale comes yes. over, yeah, yeah. and then the flowers mm -hmm. grow. Just that little experience, and that to me just showed that this could be the future of storytelling. And um, I was just so excited from just from that little little, little tiny demo. I was just, I knew that this was going to be a special point, you know, in, 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 um, storytelling and narratives and yeah. So that, that was what really yeah, got I, me enthused. And that was literally just a flimsy piece of cheap cardboard on my phone. And then um, yeah. that really got me excited. And then it was actually, I like what you just said about like, you know, like it's like the future of storytelling, yeah. because I think that a lot of us think of it that way as well, because if you experience a story to you being told in, a, in, in this kind of medium, it's so much more immersive and you're so much more part of it than with like just reading it or, or, or going through a book or like, it's such a different kind of medium yeah. uh, like, like we haven't seen before. Absolutely. And, and then that funny. was the first time a piece of moving image had had that effect on me as well. Mm -hmm. And it's funny you say like you started back on, on the DK1 with the Tuscany demo because whenever someone mentions Tuscany yeah. now, it immediately like brings me back to that little villa. <laughs> Um, you know, yeah. and, and it's funny because it made you feel sick as well. And I think we all got motion sick, you know, the first times uh, exploring that villa, yeah. but it's still a very yeah. special place in our heart. So at the time, were you working Absolutely. in sort of like, um, like uh, as an artist, like as, as, a, as a 3D artist no. or, or what, what were you doing back then? Yeah, it's a good question. So I started off as like a traditional painter. So mainly okay. portraits was my thing, painting lots of, you know, emotional portraiture and stuff like that, very oil paint sort of based. And then right. I sort of got bored of, of the static and the flat. And that's when I went to study animation. So that's like a new way of telling stories for me that I'd never told before, because it was using motion to, you know, bring out character and, and, and tell narratives. And that's, it was actually through studying animation that I found VR and started exploring that in order to tell a new way, well, a new way of telling stories and uh, right. put people inside my narratives, which is something, you know, that, was really really excited me and, yeah. and how hard was it going from like 
like a 2D medium oh. to like a completely, you know, surrounding, because uh, that, that's like a completely different way of, of yeah. well, starting with an ID, drawing the ID, like you need to think about so many more things. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm sure you had difficulties with that as well. Yeah, because I, I blended from um, like fine art portraiture into 3D, that transition really helped me understand perspective and space. So I could transition into the VR world a lot more easily. Um, but from if if I didn't have any of that three D experience, and I think I would have pretty struggled just because of the getting my head around of being more than one plane. You know, it it, it's, yeah, exactly. it is struggling. I've seen a lot of artists like struggle with you know interpreting things like from loads of different angles when they've never done that mm. before. It's basically like sculpture. It's like um, I imagine sculptures would transition so well. Yeah, because I, 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 you know, I originally thought that that was maybe your background that you were more yeah. like in sculpturing, and then you went into VR because that would would have been like a more like I would say like it's a logical transgression. Yeah, because you but used going to from a from a two D yeah. side to like the full three D environment. It's, it's so different. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. So that that so transition really helped there. And alongside this, you also worked as a three D artist as, as in a dev studio, right? So you, yeah, you know, the, you've you've been working on games. Yeah, um, wow. so fun. So, so I really want to talk about the game I'm working on at the minute, but sure, it, I can't. Is it Doom VR? <laughs> 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 yeah, it would be hilarious. But yeah, it's so exciting. I think we're it's like announcements coming really really soon, so um, that's gonna be really cool. Can't wait to talk about that. And what then, sort of games have you been involved in that have uh, shipped so yeah, far? Yeah, the last ship we did was um, Angry Birds Under Pressure 2 um, VR. <laughs> nice. And that was for PlayStation Social Screen. So it used okay. like the couch co-op, uh, one person in VR, everyone else with DualShocks, um, playing along, running the submarine. It's sort of like a very overcooked style gameplay. Lots of mayhem, mm -hmm. chaos, typical Angry Birds sort of, you know, mm -hmm. comedy. Piggies running around, slapping the bums, stuff like that. It was just... Really, really fun couch cop tile to play with your family. Really, really cool. Yeah, and how and how's like because obviously like since since COVID hit, like a lot of dev studios are all sort of remote working now. So you know you, a lot of people are working yes. from home. How's that affected you? Like and your work? Were you always working remote or? No, no, I was in office, so I'm really missing the office buzz right now. You know, so sort of yeah. working from home was great at first. I was like yeah, cool. I can just sit back in a chair, pajamas. <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't. That was really cool, but I, I really miss the buzz of talking to everyone in the studio and being alongside the coders and you know all the other mix of creatives that we have inside the studio. I really miss that, and that was yeah. really some, so inspiring every day, just coming into work and seeing everyone else working. You know, it, it was a really good buzz. So I do miss that now. The novelty has worn off working from home, <laughs> sure. So I can't wait to get back into the office. I'm really curious, actually. Is there? I mean, I'm not very knee deep in the, uh, not even knee deep in the in the art scene, but like in, in terms of this creative area, is there are there any tools, VR tools or otherwise that you use to kind of stay connected? Like, I mean, are you able to create in a space together when you're, you know, yeah. working your your dev job? Is there something that you use? That isn't just, you know, Zoom calls and that? Or is, is there anything, you know, better Whoa. than that? Yeah, to be honest, at the minute, we, we did that quite a lot, like Rec Room and, and stuff like that. A few of us just getting together, having a mess around and stuff. We didn't use it professionally. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, but recently we've just switched to playing Among Us <laughs> in our free time. <laughs> works but, surprisingly well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that works surprisingly well. That's very accessible. You have so many platforms. It's something easy to put on. And a lot of us had connectivity issues sometimes when we, when we did stuff. And it's just like, oh, because a lot of us have different headsets um we don't all have the so we're having to use like different platforms and stuff sometimes we get you know you know how it is but um mm -hmm. 
but yeah, we did we did use it a lot to start off with, but yeah, not, not so much. Back to traditional calls for it's, now. It's more to fun get, to like, murder your boss. Yeah. yeah, just yeah, that's the thing. Just getting that work done really is um, in priority. Yeah. So going back to nice. like the sort of artwork scene, like um, you know, for, for those that are not familiar with Rosie's art, it's kind of like. It's art, but it's also a performance as well, right? Because you, a lot of this art stuff yeah. you do live in front of either like a, a crowd or you record a video of it or whatever. How did that idea of like bringing the artwork and the performance of creating the artwork come together, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a good question. So it was when you paint in VR, I'm sure, you, I'm sure you've noticed yourself that you just sort of start moving with the paint. It, it sort of naturally brings this performative element out of you and mm. um just because it's so organic you know you're painting in air so that sort of mm. flow um means you can really play with that as well and and move your body it sort of becomes like an interpretive dance routine as you're creating some paint it does and um yeah that, that's what really drew me that's what made me realize that hang on a minute this this could this is this could be quite cool to actually do performances with and Stop painting in it. But I, I do think that not that doesn't apply to everyone because I can't imagine Mike <laughs> no. trying to uh, do a painting and like dancing in front of it. It would be the most beautiful I, I stick know, man ever, and I dance yeah. around. Like, yeah, I think I think you need to have some real skills too. Yeah. Did you did you did you also try to do it in combination with like music? Oh my god, I was going to say about that actually. Um, yeah. one of the most fun best performances I've ever done was with a DJ. And it was mm. like a VJ session. So he was like jamming on the decks and I'm like, nice. yeah, in, in the headset. So it was like a, like a harmonizing the two. And it mm. meant that I timed myself with the beat drops as well. So if I knew that the beat was going to go, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Then I'd, I'd, I'd sort of think, right, I'll just get this brush and start doing some, you know, dancing to it. And yeah. then I'd time myself perfectly awesome. with the music. And that was so exhilarating. All right, we gotta so stop good. right there because how, how does someone watch that back? Is that possible? Is this recorded somewhere? Uh, well, no, what it was, was like on a stage. For? It was a performance. So those people, audience, were there, and what I was doing in the headset was being projected on the wall behind me. Oh, um, nice. So yeah, everyone could see and um, put two and two together. I was like painting. Oh this wow, wall. that's and awesome. The, it would have been good to get some more activity actually inside the headset as well, which is something that yeah. I'm looking at for future events. But. Um, yeah, that was that was so so cool. And That's the first the first time I met Rosie was when uh, she was at uh, Google uh, Space in London, and yeah. I just finished like a VR one eighty video course there. Yeah. And you did this piece there where you were kind of, it was almost like um, a self portrait, right, of you painting something in VR, but within vr <laughs> it was like rosie inception. inception it was yeah. so it was so cool and i think what, what was so great about it was and and you know this is kind of the magic of it it was that like i was mesmerized by the performance as you were creating it so it wasn't just like the artwork in itself was a piece of artwork it was like the creation of the artwork was also artwork in itself this is it is really amazing and i think you know zim's been showing clips of you creating stuff um and it is very very impressive to watch Thank you. Um, yeah, that is, was that. I enjoyed doing that. That was so good. That was probably one of my favorite pieces and performances. Was that? Yeah, I think you've got it pinned on your yeah, Twitter page, I'm just not right? So it people down. want to check it out. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's a great piece. It really is a great piece. Um, so obviously, you know, like, go on. No, go on, Mike. You go ahead. I was just going to say, like, obviously, one of the biggest um, things that came out of this week was that, mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the tools that you predominantly use, which is like Google Tilt Brush. 
um, has has moved, right? It's like it's gone yes. from being owned and, and developed by Google to them turning it into like an open source platform. So anyone else can kind of take the reins and develop and change things. Um, and I kind of want, because oh, you was obviously very excited about this. I saw your, your video <laughs> on Twitter. You were yeah. like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. This is crazy. Yeah. So maybe you can talk a little bit about why this is such a big thing, especially for, for someone in, in your, your sort of, um, your area of expertise. Yeah. Um, because like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's been developed and then it kind of stopped, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you can talk about that and go from there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Tuesday was such a huge day for me, like a massive roller coaster of emotions. Um, obviously, like a few, I think it was a few months ago now, we got the Polly news that, that Polly was shutting down. Um, and if you saw my tweets then, I was like super negative. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? You know, Google no longer has the VR community's backs. And what's the alternative going to be? It was such a stress for me because, uh, you know, Tiltbrush is like one of my, ugh, such a huge thing in my life. And then for mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I have to change how I deal with clients because a lot of what I do on Polly is upload it send to clients for iteration. They look at the file on the web because a lot of them don't have headsets. You know, it's not a common thing for the people I work with to have the headsets themselves, which is quite mm. rare. So it's Polly like um, a viewer so a of your three, models? Yeah, it's a 3D hosting site for Tiltbrush right. um, models. So it, I just send a link and the client can just mm. look at it in a web browser and uh, even like the sketch and the view in the headset if they do have one. So it was a fantastic platform for me because it meant I could efficiently share my art and clients could efficiently access it. So that is going, which I was like super stressed. I'm like, oh no, no, what am I gonna do? There was no savior really because um, Sketchfab is great, but it doesn't have full brush support. So nothing really would show my art exactly how you see in the headset, which just means what's the point communicating with clients if they can't see exactly what they're gonna get, you know? So um, yeah, that was a big worry. And that's when Icosa was born. So, um, yeah, all the community came together and birthed Icosa, which is basically, we're hoping, to be a replacement to Poly. So right. it's, um, yeah, going to be a web um, hoster for 3D Tiltbrush files and um, hopefully going to be free. And, yeah, just, just made by the community for the community. It's sort of like our ethos there. And, yeah. um, but the issue is it was stopping the development for Icosa is we needed certain stuff from Google. We needed source files, access to certain things, which we didn't have. So we made a petition right. and, um, I don't know if you saw the petition. It was like, it was vocalized on quite a few, um, you know, VR review sites and stuff, but, um, it got like three K votes within like a few weeks, which was really amazing and also surprising because vr Mm -hmm. art is also it's quite niche in an already Mm. quite niche community in the the grand scheme of things um so we were really surprised at that and um but we were still sort of a bit worried about what google's next move is going to be you know at any point they could just stop development and then not give us anything so we could just be left like in limbo about what, what was the future of this platform that a lot of our livelihood depends on Mm-hmm. Um, and this is why t- this is why Tuesday was so exciting, you know, because it was that relief. It was the best gift that Google could have actually given us this immortality to this this tool um, that yeah that we that we depend on. And we found out, you know, the Tilbush team really did have our backs all along to do something like this. Um, yeah. And I, I did see a lot of people like, why why are you so happy? You know, this 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 tool is technically dead. You know, it's. Um, just going to be loads of branch chaos, you know, because it's open source now. Um, mm-hmm. And artists 
you know, there's lots of programmers which won't work for free. Um, where you're going to find all the magic programmers, stuff like that. Um, but, you know, we have every reason to be happy because we have faced lots of fear, lots of uncertainty about this this tool, which we love. But now we have security of Tuckbrush's future. We now know, um, you know, what, that it's, it's in good hands with this, this fantastic community. And um, it's, it's exciting. You know, we can now, like, customize the shit out of it. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be, we're going to, like, you know, just just keep looking after this fantastic tool. But it was a bit of a roller coaster as well because I was upset. You know, this is going to be the end of the Tilbush team, which an end of an era. You know, and um, yeah, it, it sort of brought brought to the forefront how much Tiltbrush, um, the effect Tiltbrush had on a lot of people. It was mm. it, it was a fantastic app that was a lot of people's first experiences in VR. So it's been from the get go deep rooted in our hearts, really, and. Um, that's why I think the community is like robust enough to um, come together and give Tilbush a life after Google. And um, yeah, the community's response has been amazing. We've already seen multiplayer versions of Tilbush. We've seen new brushes, customizable brushes, and mm. stuff like that. Um, I think the community will definitely keep this magic alive. Yeah, and if you That's want awesome, to, if you want to get involved, then yeah, the Discord is um, discord.icosa.gallery. If you if you want to get involved. And how do you spell Icosa? Beyond the OS oh, nice. Nice. So I-C-O-S-A. Nice. We called nice. it that because and, and was... poly, the poly logo is a icosahedron. So it's... Um, ah, <laughs> nice. How many like sides is that joke. then? That, oh, oh, good question. Sides? I'm not good with my shapes. <laughs> Icosahedron. I think it's something like shape. that. I, 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 yeah, I think it's that. Maybe 18 sides or something? Yeah. Jeez, someone's going to know that. Ra- 12 Rowdy, is what Rowdy's saying, furiously but... Googling it now. Um, with, with Poly, then. Oh, was, no. was... I, I, I already gave up when I heard the word. I was like, I don't know this. <laughs> was Poly owned by Google as well, then, or was that owned by someone else? It was, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was owned by okay. So when when the Poly news came out, I was sort of a bit like, does that mean it's the end of Tiltbrush and Tiltbrush is dead too? So that's when the, yeah. that's when I got like so worried and so worried. But mm. now with this news, and this is, and this is such your a livelihood. Sign, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. that's crazy. We depend yeah. on this for, for our careers. A lot of our artists really do. So to find out that like, Google had yeah. our backs all along, it was like, oh my God, thank you so much, guys. It's, it's, it's hard to imagine that. Like imagine people who usually edit videos like Adobe says like, listen. Yeah. We're closing uh, the door. We're not yeah. doing it that anymore. Or, 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 yeah, yeah, it is. Or in it our is. case where it's like, uh, okay, we don't make any headsets anymore. <laughs> it's like, okay, now let's stop this podcast because there's nothing. That must have been crazy yeah. to be waiting for news like that. Absolutely. Dude, we could surf on cardboard for a long time, I'm telling you, I'm telling you <laughs> okay. now. Like, there's sure. a lot of emotional backstory there, you know? So I, I did have a question, though, because yeah. when I think of Tilt Brush and having seen, like, it was, it was one of my wife's favorite things. She's an artist. Amazing. And I, I, I was really interesting uh, when, when interested when the reactive... Um, I don't know what it's called, but the reactive brush for music mm. integration came out. And to me, that was like such a change from like, okay, static brushed environment to something's thumping and you can put a beat behind it and you can see the reaction almost like a live environment. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, like, what's your favorite change? What did that change do to your art? Uh, and is there something now that the door is kind of wide open that you want that doesn't exist yet? Yeah, that's that's really, really good question, sir. Um, the biggest change for me that 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 was amazing was the um the camera motion path tool so this is amazing not not just for like vr artists it's just for video editing just being able to be it's the first like vr video video editing sort of 
situation I've been in where you can drag like a train track around and then adjust the curves like in VR space and have a camera just sort of coming in. You just it's like so tangible that this yeah. camera is just like in your hands and you're moving around. And it, it that that was amazing to experience that and, and start recording um you know like doing like zoom cool like pans and stuff like that inside VR space. That that was pretty epic. So that's one of my favorite updates. But now I'm Do you have that total control. Yeah, yeah. that sort of control, that, that that really finger down to the finger control, mm. which is amazing. And um yeah, another one thing I'm excited about now is is customizable palettes. So being able to like set my palette up for different sort of so if I'm doing a, a performance, I'll set up my performance palette. I'm doing a certain piece, I can have a different palette set aside of colours and stuff like that. I'm looking forward to that sort of level of customization, new brushes. And um, yeah, I'm very excited where the community is going to take this. Right now, I mean, for people who are have never been into Tilt Brush, you have that kind of, I don't know how we call it, like a reticulating spline. Like you've got the four panels around your arm. Uh, and yes. that's the palette you use with the different sizes, colors, interactive tools. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this, but that's fixed right now like it, you you can't modify it um, um, there's no customization no, features or is there some is drag panels out and like, pop them in the world around you or like shuffle them around on the palette only but you cannot grab like a brush mm. and move that brush there move that brush there grab that color put that put, put that color there you cannot make a customizable panel um so for performance and stuff what i usually do is make a panel in the world and like paint it and stuff like that and use on my color swabs but then like when i move around the world that moves somewhere else as well. So it's not like integral mm. to the palette, which would be super, super handy. Oh, yeah, we so, had a couple so of questions if, from uh, the chat as well. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, Fabster asking, what are Rosie's thoughts on Quill? Quill, yes, love Quill. Um, Quill is basically like a Photoshop version um, of VR art. You know, it's got everything there. You can animate, shade and, and stuff like that. Um, doesn't have, I don't think it has lighting options unless it's an update. Um, soon that has like real world lighting because a lot of the paint is unlit it's not shaded um, it depends mm -hmm. on you painting the shading in yourself which is you know super cool as well um, but yeah right. one of the things that um, stops me using Quill as much as Tilt is just how nice it is to, to work in it's not that great it's a little bit you know like the UI is a bit blocky and stuff and VR mm -hmm. what was so important for me with VR is being happy in the space that I'm in and and getting good vibes from it and just having fun jamming yeah. in there and i just don't feel like i'm having so much fun in quill it's like i'm just on photoshop which is it's never really that fun uh, but tilt brush yeah. is just so fun I, I just love it the brushes that make nice noises and it's just to be honest, i think i'm just a child um <laughs> that's what it comes down to i'm just a three-year-old with a headset on that that is i like pretty but you're totally right like, if, colors and if, yeah. if you're happy in your working environment you're gonna you're gonna get the best out of you that's in terms perfect, of your yeah. creativity yeah. as well so it totally yeah. makes sense yeah and and it's interesting because since it's become open source which is only like this week right we've already seen oh, like yeah. a, a side quest spin-off uh of of mm -hmm. tilt brush um uh, which is pretty interesting. Is there any tools in that yeah. that are different from the main version, or is it like literally a, a, an exact copy? Um, I'm not 100 sure if it's got the experimental brushes activated. I think it does. I'm not sure, but yeah. Mm. So what we've got from the open source is a whole bunch of brushes that Tilt Brush were like, I won't, uh, like, nah, no, not point releasing that just yet, or like they wanted to do my testing on it before they released it. And these are called the right. experimental brushes. So they're like a whole mm. bunch of brushes that us artists have never seen before. 
So it was just like gold right. as we saw them. Like, oh, wow, I can make <laughs> bubbles and I can make like orbs and stuff. Mm. So that, that was really exciting. And a lot of the artists at the minute have just been jumping in and, and trashing everything, just by, <laughs> just <laughs> spilling a scene full of experimental brushes because um, it's just been that exciting for us. So that that is the, um, yeah, the biggest difference from the open source. So if touched... people want to try Tilt Brush, where can they... Uh... Like play, um, yeah, it. so obviously you've got the normal version on everything like Steam, mm. Oculus, and all that stuff, even on Quest. But the open source yeah. version, like if if you you know into Git and stuff, you can um, branch off our fork and have a go and um, keep up to date with what we're doing. We're recently yeah. pushing a Quest build of the fork that we've got, which includes like the experimental brushes, mm. and it's a tad more stable than what it was before. Um, but yeah, it's going to yeah. be a slow process of like iterations and iterations and iterations, mm. just playing with what we can do to customize this. Yeah. Cool. It's amazing that the community are going to be pushing it forward, yeah, you know, really is. Mm. Uh, out of this, what are you most excited about for the future of, um, of, of this medium then? Yeah. Well, mostly I'm excited about, the, well, the community, what, what they're going to do with keeping it alive, the multiplayer aspect. That's something I'm really excited about is um, painting yeah. with, with people in Tilt Brush. That's yeah. something I've wanted. And again, that would make an amazing performance as Hell well, yeah, right? Yeah. Doing something together, because like there's there's plenty of other people in the space, isn't there? Like that you can collaborate Absolutely. with and do something really unique with. That would be really interesting yeah. as well. So yeah. that, that's and, a, and big, the, a big thing that I'm looking forward to. Exactly. That, that was actually and, one and of my. Do you think that uh, that moving scenes will be something that is going to be coming as well, like animations? Mm, yes. Uh, yeah, I'd love for animation to be in Tilt Brush. Uh, that'd be that'd be great. Because I know Quill has like really advanced animation. Uh -huh. Yeah. animation timeline and editability mm. is like really great and cool so it'd be great to get that level in tilt brush maybe now it's open source we can have that yeah. so exciting and if, i was wondering if, if the technical have... restraints were like at the moment you have a certain amount that you can create is it my understanding is it's not infinite like um, you can't create an infinite scene at the moment or has I've that never... changed in the years since you're I've been right back? it is it's you get to a certain level where your computer, computer will just blow up um, basically, because it's really expensive working in, in Tilbrush. But the um, on Quest, there's, there's quite a low limit, given it being mobile. But on PC, you can go pretty... I've never hit a barrier yet. I know some people that I know have hit the barrier, where they've just overloaded overloaded the scenes with like alpha channel, alpha planes and stuff like that, and that's just made it go whoop. But um, yeah, you can you know which brushes that are the most expensive. So you can work around it in that way as well. Um, so that's what I tend to do a lot more often now, just so I don't hit that limit. But man, I very rarely, and I've made some big ass sketches and I've, I very rarely oh. hit that, that, that limit. So. Um, and I do wonder if you, like you mentioned dabbling in Rec Room before with colleagues and stuff. Rec Room seems to be taken off like a rocket ship uh, when it comes to creation. Mm -hmm. Uh, have you ever considered uh, doing something in that a little, or have yeah, you, no. you know, created art in that and kind of sold art in that or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, the social side of, of VR is something that I wanted to get more into, definitely. And, and VR chat as well. There's so much customizability, I can't remember the word, um, that you can do there. That's really exciting. Um, and I know a lot of artists are going into that now and doing like galleries and um, shows and stuff like that in, in VR chat. So I really want to get into more of that side of things. Just at the minute, I, I haven't, unfortunately, that much just because I've, I've been focusing on tons of other stuff. Um, mm. But I really do hope to so very soon. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And if people want to check out some of your artwork, um, what's the best place to go? Because you've got, you've got artwork 
pretty much all over the place. Yeah. You've got an, uh, you've got an app on SideQuest. Yeah. You're you're yeah. you're featured in the Museum of Realities, yeah. which is available on Steam. Where else can people check out your stuff? Yeah. So mainly Twitter is what I spend most of my time on at the minute, far too much. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, YouTube. Um, yeah, VR underscore Rosie is mainly where you'll find me across all the social media, like Instagram as well. Apart from that, it's got another underscore in the end because awkward. And um, yeah, yeah, just um, any social media, just look for VR Rosie and, and you'll find me there. And are you open for hire at the moment in terms of like big projects? Um, I've got loads of projects at the minute. I'm pretty busy, but um, definitely the next couple of months, things will be winding down. So yeah, get in touch. Very cool. Very cool. Thank very you very nice. much. It was yeah, really interesting thanks. to get an insight into something that, you know, the, we know very little about. You know, we know obviously of, of Tilt Brush, but we don't really understand the, the, the impact of it going open source uh, has. Yeah. And it's really interesting and, and exciting for you as well, you know, that this is going to be in the hands of the community going forward and is going to give you the tools that you need to let your career go even further. Absolutely. And I'm sure it will because you're very, very talented. So thank, thank you very much for being on the show, Rosie. I really, really appreciate big it. Thank you to the Tilt Brush yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Um, so now let's hand it over to Zim then, uh, because uh, we've got some stuff to look forward to maybe next week. I don't even know what he's got up his sleeve this week. So I hope so. That's find out. not a good sign. Like. This, is always, this is always the case. I, get, I make you guys nervous. I know it's it's fine. So Nathan already mentioned one, which I think someone in chat has been playing, uh, which is Jupiter Grad, which is something that I had specifically when I saw it on PC a couple of uh, a couple of months ago when they released initially. I kind of skipped. Uh, so this one, I've, I've, I've wanted to wait until it came out. And I think Quest is actually a great platform for it. So on the 28th of January, um, on Quest, Jupiter Grad, spelled with a, with a Y, um, has landed for $15 and about £12. This is from Game Dust, and it's a, how do I describe this? A cosmonaut acrobatics elasticated plunger game, if uh, you can imagine what that is. Think about cell-shaded windlands in tubes in space uh with some jamming uh some <laughs> some some jamming russian beats behind it that's jupiter grad i think in a nutshell so um high initials like a bit of a niche like. it's, it's a it, it's a very niche game and i think you're gonna want vr legs for this game it's high inertia um it's an environmental puzzler you're flying around with suction cup arms um but as Pigosh, uh, a commenter and reviewer on Oculus Home said, Spidey doesn't hesitate and neither should you. So go, go straight at it, fly into this. If you're brand new, maybe skip this one. And if like me, you're jaded because of a bad T-Rex experience in Cell Shaded, maybe give another Cell Shaded game a chance mm. and give it your credit go. I like it. Yeah, Are you exactly. going to be streaming this this week? This I, I'm very tempted to do this soon. Uh, and it, the one thing I can't show you on the podcast, I'm afraid, or demonstrate, is the music. The music is Slavic. It's awesome. And I think if there's anything that incentivizes me to play this game, it is that. And they've even got in the trailer a clip, uh, a little, a little um, review uh, statement from Life of Boris. If anyone knows Life of Boris, if you don't know Life of Boris, go check Life of Boris on YouTube for a bit of uh, a taste of Slavic life. That is an amazing YouTube channel. Um, and it will teach you things that you wish you never knew. I think this is one that I'd rather watch you play than me play myself. That's why you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I look forward to it. it honestly, it looks, like it, it looks like you took Russia and intercepted it with like a descent game. Mm. 
and then put it in VR with suction cup hands. It's Windlands. This kind of give me Windlands vibes. I love Windlands. tournaments, but then so. take out the guns. Yeah. Don't take out the yeah. guns. It's 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 weird. And there's a time attack mode and stuff. So there's some extensibility to the game. But from all from all the reviews that I've heard, it's kind of sh- short and sweet and hmm. tough on your tummy. So if you are new to VR, give you better grad well, a skip. If this if this game can come to Quest, then Windlands can also come to Quest. Mm, yes, uh, I hope one day we'll see Windlands on one Quest. Day. I think that would be a beautiful marriage. I've actually yes. played Windlands and on Quest, so I know it's possible. <laughs> All right. So uh, next up, this is another bizarro game. Um, this one's very strange. It's 1976, back to Midway. This is a game that, like some others that we've seen before, marries uh, an original kind of 2D-style gameplay with VRification. So this is very much a, a, a dogfight kind of top-down scroller bullet hell shooter game with uh, segues into an immersion zone is what they call it. The dev studio here, Ivanovich Games, um, have done this in their previous title, which some of you might have might have played. Um, and that one was, what was that called again? That was called... Um, Operation Warcade. Mm-hmm. Have any of you played that? It was like a, yeah, it was like it was a, a classic, a, 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 like an arcade cabinet, and mm-hmm. then you went into the scene. This is a bit like that. So you're flying planes, like the B-17G Flying Fortress, uh, the Lockheed P-38, and um, it's got a bizarre name, 1976, which is strange because the game is set in 1943. Um, <laughs> apparently, there's been some. I'm not even going to go into their story. The story is just. Totally, dis- I can disregard the story. It, it doesn't matter. It's basically time travel, Nazis, strange things happened, and all of a sudden oh. you're able to play a top-down scrolly shooter. There haven't been many games like this. Um, there really haven't. I think mm-hmm. I played one from, oh God, no. Uh, the the devs, uh, Arvor, Arvor had a uh, a game that was oh. like inspired by, yeah. I want to say like manga or Japanese uh, art. I think they're really still working good. on that, actually. Do you know the name of it, the one I'm talking about? It was like Kuma or Kumi or like something short like that. Kumi Kuma. Yumi Kumi, something like that. It something was really like quite good. It was cool. But that was, that, was, that was more... There was another Oculus Home game like this where you were holding a plane um, and, and shooting in an environment. Yeah, Valve had it. Yeah, Valve had it in the lab, for example, something like this. So It, it does kind of sound like they, they launched the title and then they were like, oh, we did update the title, right? The, the title of the game we changed it to, to the right date so yeah 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 yeah. I was like so um, that date that date conflict is just strange but to me I used to love side scrollers top down scrollers like same. that was my yeah. deal I fucking love bullet hells um, watching this makes me want there's a game that's a 3D game on Steam uh, which is from an indie studio called Tower of Guns it's not a VR game sadly but I want that game in VR so uh, I hope that studio will listen out this one looks like a, a kind of a strange dichotomy of, of experiences. It's an eclectic mix of 2D and VR gameplay. I hope the two don't detract from one another, um, but I am definitely going to try that one as well because I think that's going to be an interesting mix. I really like the way that you know, nailed it yet. But. It's kind of like a top-down shooter, but the planes are coming like past your head down into the screen and then back out. And that that 3D effect obviously yeah. doesn't translate very well in the trailer, Smart. but I'm sure it looks awesome in VR. So yeah, I, I want to try this one out as well. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's one of those things that can give you that feel. 
Sampler 19 uh, said it was Shooty Skies Overdrive is the one that you're talking about with a plane that you control That's with your hand. That's the one. Shooty Skies Overdrive. <laughs> Thank you. That one and also, according to uh, Paradise Decay, there is a free demo of the game on SideQuest. There yes. is... Actually, there's a free demo of the game on Steam as well. I nice. missed that in my notes. Thank you very much, PD. Uh, so SideQuest and Steam for a free demo to try it out. That makes a lot of sense, especially because like the last game, this landed on the 28th. And again, it's 15 bucks, so 12 mm. pounds. Um, so there you go. Both of those landed on the 28th. Third game landed on the 28th, which I'll mention, and I'll just flash for you, because if I didn't, then, you know, Mike had hit me or something. Gorn landed on Quest. It's got a giant crab. Go Boy. play it if you like violence, because, <laughs> my God, <laughs> that's the game for you if you like violence. Sorry, Rosie. Close <laughs> <guys>. crabs. Watering my plants. Well, I mean, you you can paint with the blood in the game, so that's something. <laughs> my oh. God, Proudy. <laughs> yeah. um, and it is a performance as well, in some way. A ballet of violence. Yeah. Ballet of violence. I like it. I do. I do like Gorn. You know, I had a lot of fun with it this week, but um, it is just it is Gorn. It is just what we know and love from three years ago you know nothing doesn't, doesn't feel dated in any way or does it uh it doesn't feel dated but just like the original game it's fun as hell but it does get repetitive uh and you kind of like okay. you're a bit like done after a little while but the boss fights are pretty epic and unlocking all the weapons and having fun in the custom modes is fun as well but just know that going in uh, you know and just be careful <laughs> Like we've yes. reiterated many yeah. times. You, you don't have careful. a tether. You don't have a tether. It's not going to send any of your play space. Don't punch a wall, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just waiting for the newsreel to come in about people who punch a wall. Um, there's two other little uh, tidbits I'll just mention. So Population 1, we didn't talk about it, but some of us have played it, uh, has a 9v9 war mode that has been dropped uh, and a night map version of the course. The ice is now gone, thank God. But I'm sorry, it's not all hymns and prayers. They've replaced the ice with just shite all over the place. So the plains now, where they were nice, clean, green grass plains, are just, they just turned the ice into dirt. I, I don't know, maybe it was easy for them not to push an update or something. It's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the 9v9 is also a little bit of a disappointment because initially I thought, hey, we can get nine of our friends together. You can't. It's still a maximum of three players you can glue together. You join a game. And then you're in a crazy ass voice lobby with nine people all talking over each other, uh, which doesn't work that well. And then you end up in a, in, wait, wait. in some kind of a stomping match. Wait, wait, so, okay, so, wait, wait, so is, you have like different squads, but you can hear each other. Yeah. So you can you basically then, are a single glued together squad yeah, yeah, yeah. of nine, but you can in the friend system only arrange you and two other buddies. To get together to queue up for a nine v nine, and then you get added. So it's basically three groups of three glued together. But the voice thing is all so it's like playing Battlefield with squads, and it's like you can hear every squad that is playing. To be honest, I'm happy though that that you can hear everyone and you can communicate with everyone rather than just your squad because I think you know it's a lot faster paced. Actually, that was one thing I was really surprised about with the war mode that you know it's you your team versus another team and that's it but you you know communication between all the teammates is key to survival because like if you get straggles straggaways that are like running off in the distance they're going to get wiped out and then if you're up against like a team of 9 and you're a team of 6 then you are pretty pretty screwed unless you're good so um i am there happy that there is you're good, cross, yeah, Mike. <laughs> cross voice chat well like me you know i think it's a fun I, I think what they should do for that if i was to tweak it i would start with um probably everyone by default muted that it wasn't in your team so what i mean is 
that you ha you you have to kind of enable uh, and open because when you start in, it's just nine people talking over each other. And that's, I agree with you that the coordination is necessary. And I don't know if there's a better like if you if you turn everyone off, you're going to have problems com communicating, or it's going to be yep. cumbersome. You have everyone on, it's difficult because you've got two people who just want to talk to each other, and they're flooding the voice comms. Nine players in an open voice chat is not. That's not a very. But I find it a very thing. strange push because i mean i was expecting them to go more for the you know the the solo or the the, the smaller squads maybe like two people in a squad but That's instead weird. they go there, there, a, a direction that yeah there's only one thing uh, i'll say i'm just waiting for 21 v 21 if, if, if you're if you're playing music whilst playing Population One, there is a special place in hell for you, my friend. Don't you dare do that. Well, that's in every VR game. Like there, there are people doing it in every game. It's it's so annoying. Or people that's exactly, echoing around. That's exactly the yeah. problem that I had because you either yeah. had noisy participants who weren't in VR, but you could hear secondary people in the room with them, yeah. or like a television was on, yeah. or something like that. So or, or the heavy it, breeders, like <sighs> the mouth breathers. Yeah, so it's just oh it's God, such a it's such a dice roll. But look, it's it's weird. Go try it out. The night map is pretty cool. It's nicely lit. It's not as dark as I was expecting it to be. It's just kind of like a gray shaded mm. version of the map with some lighting. Um, not much really new there in terms of gameplay. But if you've wanted a reason to go back, then Pop One has it for you. Okay. Um, no sign of Solo yet, as per what Nathy was saying. <sighs> I think they. But really let me guess, that. they did they did roll out some new skins. Oh, oh they did. You know it. You know, you they know did. it. There yeah. are some oh, yeah. skins, all right. How much? <laughs> I, I have no idea. I don't even pricing. look anymore. How much? One million dollar? It's like Something a vampire like one. It's crazy. So speaking vampire of vampires, one. I give you the last bit. I promised you at the start that I would show off the fox hunts and walkabout mini golf. For those of you who missed my intro, yes. got really interested in this wrist-based uh, clue system that is now in there in all the hard maps, only the hard maps, the night maps in walkabout mini golf which has these clues that you solve and if you solve the clues in the level you unlock feckin' awesome putters right <laughs> these putters look really cool uh, and you can use them in multiplayer and that is just it just totally dragged me back into the game i got one of them and now i can show off in front of these two lads when it's, i play with them next you know? this, 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 this game of the year game of the year walk about mini golf that's it so quick recap Jupiter grad 1976 back to midway that second one's a pc vr game first one's a quest title gorn pop one update and walkabout mini golf update there you go nice That's our week for awesome. nice. Okay. i've got one more thing i want to mention actually and that is that i Ooh. expect you to die 2 was announced this week um oh, which yeah. is awesome because i really love the first game we don't have a release date just yet but obviously we'll keep you posted on that but if you like expect you to die and you like those kind of Best room escape games theme song in a game does yeah. this mean we also get what a bears 2 no, maybe not from yet. shell games I yeah, don't, I don't, I don't think, think so, so. no yeah. sadly Thank not God. No, yeah no. but yeah that is uh, the show this week so i'll quickly reiterate the show times maybe we'll take a couple of questions should we do that we haven't done that in a little while so if you've got a question uh, go for it. sort of burning a hole in your heart then please let us know in the chat now it could be for any of us including rosie as well so chuck them in the chat uh just a reminder this is a weekly vr ar and mr talk show live streamed every saturday on youtube and on twitch the show goes live at 7 p.m in europe 6 p.m in the uk and 12 midday in central us you can also check out the audio version which is available on itunes soundcloud and on spotify if you've enjoyed the live show on YouTube, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel for all our future shows. And uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you again to Rosie for joining us live. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much, guys. Honestly, it's been so good. Thank you. Really appreciate it. I love it. the chat just said, 
a mini golf course designed by, me. Designed by Rosie Summers <laughs> would be, be good. Amazing. I, I agree. That. Collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> All right. Any any questions here? Someone said, have you tried Gravity Sketch? Oh, Gravity Sketch went uh, free as well yes. on Quest. So for those who haven't tried it, I haven't actually played around with Gravity Sketch. What have you uh, done? Rosie, a little I bit. Yeah, have, yeah. But... Not, not major stuff, but um, I definitely will be hopping into it now. But yeah, it's. Who's it for? Like, what is it? It's what would you say is its, its best application? mainly. So yeah, like people that are doing a lot more 3D modeling sort of side of things, whereas I do 3D painting mainly. Um, but I do really want to branch into the modeling stuff. But obviously, I do it day to day at work. So um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. There's another question from Burrito, uh, and they ask uh, for Rosie, uh, what do you think about the rumored Apple VR headset? Do you think it would be nice for pros like yourself, like creatives, as as Macs are kind of like, you know, yeah, tool of top choice end, for pros? Yeah, it, really? Um, it would be mm. good to have such a... <coughs> that sort of... Not according to Rowdy. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm interested in where, where this will take the Apple ecosystem as well, like um, the options leading with, with Macs and stuff. I, I don't know, but... Um, Mm. But yeah, it's interesting. I I don't really have an opinion just yet. I want to hear more info. I'm itching to hear a lot more yeah, about sure. what you know what what it's going to be. What, what is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm guessing more AR based, given the whole lidar sort of um, street. They're going Quite down. possibly, yeah, yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think the more the yeah, merrier. Absolutely. You know, the, the more tools we've got access to, the better, yeah. really. Oh, there's uh, another good question here. Someone's asking, basically, uh, did Rosie ever uh, tinker around with Dreams? Oh, my god! Shipped a game for PSVR. Yes. Well, has, mm. huh, have you done anything in Dreams? Did you make a breakfast or a scene this or is, something? This is, like, there? so frustrating. So I got a PSVR, um, and then I moved house and then no longer had access to my PlayStation. So I was like, okay, it's fine. Let's get a PS5. Didn't pre-order. So now I'm in that. Well, I'm now one of them people that just cannot get the elusive PS5. Like, mm. where the hell are they? They just sell out in two seconds because of scalpers, and I just cannot get a PS5. Yep. So <laughs> I'm itching to get my um, hands on this PS5, and then I'll finally be able to get into Dreams. And I'm so looking be forward amazing. to it because the, the stuff that you can do is just amazing. And mm. yeah, I'm really looking forward to finally getting my hands on that once I get a PS5. <laughs> Oh, have nice. you ordered your adapter yet? I've your got the adapter. adapter. Yeah, I've got everything oh, you well apart done. from the PS5. Yeah. I've even got a place to put it. I've even yeah. cleared out a whole place just to put the massive thing. And I don't have it. And in Dreams, you can play Nathie's favorite VR game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Siren Head VR. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what I wanted. Oh, God, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a hint of sarcasm there that I heard there. Um, any other questions? Let's see. Um, this is a question for Nathan. This is a random question. Obviously, oh, someone no. knows you're a Rocket League no. aficionado. Do yeah, you have okay. a favorite Rocket League pro? <laughs> what? Uh, what, are we, what? A pro? Yeah, I don't I know if that's a like, player, a pro, like a pro, a pro player. player. That's you, what I would do. Do you aspire to be? Someone you look up to? <laughs> I don't even. I, I don't watch it like professionally. So like a, so a no ninja idea. of Rocket League. Ninja no. Rock, no, but I don't watch a Rocket League professional. I just play it. Because you are. You are a professional. Yeah. That's what okay. you say. I am the pro. <laughs> <laughs> nice question though but uh, i have no idea uh we'll take one last one then uh from traveling man uh do you have access to the horizon beta rosie what are your thoughts on horizon uh, actually i don't have access to it no no nobody no. has access to nobody that. in europe right <laughs> so i know some people that do i'm starting to doubt if it actually exists no, no, no i think they've, uh... they've been bought by facebook mm. to spread that information i don't believe it anymore yeah <laughs> but it's kind of an interesting platform as well because yeah. right? you can kind of be creative in there and do your own stuff yeah i've seen yeah. some exciting yeah, stuff interesting if you have access to it yeah yeah, exactly. mm. yeah. 
Okay, well, that was the show uh, this week. We'll obviously be back on next week's show with more VR news. But until then, take care of yourselves. Have a good week in VR. And bye-bye for now.